Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to... Fr- I'm trying to do something different each time, and it just feels so weird. Yeah? Yeah, you know, I watched uh, Last Week Tonight, and uh, John Oliver does the welcome, welcome, welcome every single freaking week. Yeah. And it works for him, though. It does. John John Stewart before him did of uh, the Daily Show did his standard every every single you your thing works for you. Dan's hey everybody works for him. Yeah. I don't have a thing yet. I'm working. Hey, on you it. know what? Though? You're gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Welcome to For Geek's Sake. My name is Al Sterling in the studio today with producer Dan. Hey everybody. Our wonderful co-host Liz Blurg. Yay. <laughs> Uh, that's that's not my thing. That's not going to work. And from the Orlando Weekly, we are very excited to have Mr. Scott Horn. Thanks for having Woo-hoo. me back. Yay. Uh, this is episode 125. 125. Also, uh, the number of... Nope, I was going to try to do a bit there and lost it. Yeah? Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, I was actually thinking of, of, uh, thinking of John Oliver, of course. I was reminded of The Bugle, mm. one of the most fantastic podcasts that ever podcasted a podcast mm-hmm. before stopped how much podcast could a podcast podcast uh, if a podcast could podcast podcast so far 125 oh Ooh, you beat me to it well i'm done. just really impressed that i got all of that out i am surprised nobody cut you off <laughs> uh we are discussing uh this week in the orlando weekly we are very excited there's an article dropping about dice tower con and so we brought in uh scott who wrote the article not just like randomly mm-hmm. but he was the author of this, so we brought him in scott who really likes um, to read the orlando weekly <laughs> i was walking down the street and i was just like him grab him like by the collar and just drag me in in here you there boy you there holding the weekly come here <laughs> what day is today uh so it's the, christmas sir so the orlando weekly will be dropping the same uh, wednesday right tomorrow so right. To, tomorrow for us yesterday for those of you who listen to the thing uh don't forget timey wimey <laughs> wibbly wobbly uh don't forget uh aims on thrones after the show tonight it's that's gonna why. be live yeah, you but have a it, thing wait we can't we i gotta stop doing this you have a thing you just don't have a welcome thing you have a, a whole last week no was that's, a whole well, that's what we were talking about it was yeah. a welcome thing you have a welcome thing he's got a welcome thing i have like a my name's Liz. it'll get there though it'll get there <laughs> i still haven't decided to introduce you anyway uh let's 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 get started oh by the way uh yeah. we were missing you last week uh, you weren't missing me that much. I, I was listening. I was I was there on the live feed. Yeah, I was you really were surprised. there. The were you were yeah. you doing that from the blind uh, up in the tree as you were hunting? Uh-huh. Okay, that's really yeah. cool. I'm surprised that the the, the like I I've thought got this, a dish. Okay, I just I bring with me just a plate. You're just holding. Like, mm-hmm. I thought the got screen it. brightness would scare off would scare off the sasquatches. Oh, I glamp. I don't I'll care. Do Come on. I thought oh, nice, uh, no. Nice. Bigfoots and sasquatches are very different things. Oh, you know what? That is so we're, so. We'll do a whole episode. On it. It'll be fun. <laughs> That's just so typical of me. I'm sorry to the. Did you did you get <laughs> any? It is, it, by the did way, you, did you bag any bigfoots? It's Bigfoots. It's not big feet. You were. You. I heard you guys debating that. That it is Bigfoot. And then what do they call? I I really am itching to know what do they call the the children? Are they little feet? Are they little foots? No, they're are they just medium foots? Bigfoot. They're just bigfoots. They're well, just currently, baby bigfoots. Currently, baby you call foots. them about fifteen to twenty dollars a pound. Hey. The market. Uh, let's get started with some this week in geek. Now that we moved on from murdering extinct children. Um, <laughs> first up, passwords. Uh, Bill Burr, not to be confused with a comedian. I, I yeah, there's nothing funny about this guy. I think. I, I don't mean. You know what? Have we confirmed that this isn't the same as the comedian? It'd be great if it was. I think maybe it would explain he, a lot. Maybe he got tired of a life of. Uh, bureaucracy and switched over to comedy at some mm-hmm. point i think somebody investigate that and get back to me did we randomly just accidentally post a comedian's article <laughs> we did no no this is so bill burr is the uh this is about passwords and why your password sucks um the former manager at the institute of standards and technology or 
oh, sorry, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or mm-hmm. NIST. Uh, he's the guy who says that your passwords have to be a minimum of 87 characters long, with three capital letters, two lowercase letters, letters six special characters, and one astrological sign. Mm-hmm. That, by the way, only <laughs> done by holding down the shift, tab, and control while hitting the first letter for your sign. Uh, not a lot of people know that. Now, also remember that over the past 30 years, the astrological calendar has shifted, and right. you're not what you think you are, so right. stop reading your horoscope and basing all of your very it's important decisions dark. off of it. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> Actually, Bill Knight has a great episode about that. When Bill Mercury is in retrograde, I find that I am more anxious, and you can bite me. Mercury uh, is in retrograde right I now, I know, actually. and I am so anxious. It ends on September 5th. Oh, thank God. Um, only a quarter of that is true, folks. The <laughs> Anyway, so uh, he, Bill Burr is the guy who um, is the one who came up with all these rules and regs around your passwords and why it's necessary. And uh, before you think to yourself, well, I'm sure he was highly qualified to do so, Mm-mm. you need to remember He's this. He's a comedian. This is a, <laughs> this is a government office. <laughs> so kind of. Yeah. Um, he did, uh, uh, to, to give the article here, um, much of what I did, I regret. Bill Burr told the Wall Street Journal recently, admitting that his research into passwords mostly came from a white paper written in the 1980s, well before the web was even invented. So, thanks. So great. Mm-hmm. I lo- my favorite part of this whole article is uh, the little illustration that it has about, you know, take like how many different ways they tell you to create a password. And it's basically through 20 years of effort, we've successfully trained everyone to use passwords that are hard for humans to remember, but easy for computers to guess. Yeah. And that's really it, because so uh, um, a little bit about when you're when you're when, when somebody goes to hack they and they do what they call like the brute force method. Uh, basically, what they're doing is they're just trying every single combination that they can possibly come up with. But uh, that's not somebody sitting there going a a a a nope a a <laughs> shift a nope a it doesn't what uh, it's the computer is just you know running through a cycle of stuff until yeah. you manage to hit it. So the length of the password is what really is the important part, not whether or not you used an S or a shift four. Um, nobody's impressed except for Kesha. Or, <laughs> you or, mean Ke dollar sign ha? Huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> the uh, What is, however, incredibly effective is four random words in no particular order. So... Um, or a long string of individual words that aren't necessarily... So you can't say, like, I like pizza. That's not a great password. Pizza like I... Or, uh, pizza Horse a- Cannibal 9 is actually a fantastic <laughs> password. <laughs> so, and something you want to Actually, remember. that's what I guess every time I try and hack into your Pizza stuff. Horse Cannibal 9? Yeah. <laughs> Joke's on you. It's Pizza Horse Cannibal 7. <laughs> Boom. Okay, but now you have to change it again. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so if you're, so there's, so, uh, Bill Burr apologizes, uh, both, I think the comedian also owes me an apology. I've heard some of his work. Um, that's Ooh. not fair. Aww. That was just a unnecessary dig at Bill Burr. He's fine. Um, I don't think he's like, he's not great. He's not Louis CK or anything, right. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's does solid work. Uh, he does work. He does. He does. <laughs> he puts out comedy specials. Um, <laughs> they are absolutely. That's what they're classified as on Netflix. I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other news that is not as funny as we wish it was. Uh, the FCC says that your mobile speed is all you need. Yep. Just all, all of it. No. So uh, I am reading to you from the Ars Technica article. Uh, I'm working on citing sources here. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. So this is from the Ars Technica article on uh, the 9th of August. 2017 released at 12:13 p.m. because I just pulled the whole byline there. I feel like they don't from need all of that. <laughs> uh, Anyway, from the article, maybe Americans don't need uh, fast home internet service. FCC suggests because their titles are terrible. Uh, the FCC found during George W. Bush's presidency that fast internet service was being deployed in a reasonable and timely fashion. 
broadband. But during the Obama administration, the FCC determined repeatedly that broadband isn't reaching Americans fast enough, pointing in particular to lagging deployment in rural areas. These analyses did not consider mobile broadband to be a full replacement for a home or fixed internet cable via cable, fiber, or some other technology. So um, it turns out that somewhere between after 2008, uh, perhaps the internet speeds changed a little bit. Yeah, maybe there was new technology. Maybe Netflix became a thing. I don't know. Just some stuff that perhaps we weren't moving as quickly as we needed to with it is what they found. Yeah. Uh, Last year, the FCC updated its analysis with the conclusion that Americans need home and mobile access because home internet connections and smartphones have different capabilities and limitations. Americans should have access to both instead of just one or the other. The FCC concluded under then-Chairman Tom Wheeler. Now, if Tom Wheeler sounds familiar, it is because he was when the FCC was good. Uh, the <laughs> or less bad, or less bad. Well, he was. He Tom Wheeler is actually the one who who uh, uh, defended and basically put in place a lot of the net neutrality stuff that was in existence. Right. Uh, that was that was Tom Wheeler and what he did. So yeah. we like him. Uh, but with Republican Ajit, Ajit Pai now in charge, the FCC seems poised to change that policy by declaring that mobile broadbands with speeds of 10 megabits per second downstream and one megabit, one megabit per uh, actually one megabyte per second upstream is all one needs. We're going to come back to those numbers. In doing so, the FCC could conclude that broadband is already being deployed to all Americans in a reasonable and timely fashion, and thus the commission could take fewer steps to promote deployment or competition. So, for those of you who are not real big into internet speeds and what's going on here, let's talk about what 10 megabytes per second means. (laughs) Who doesn't know what 10 megabytes per second means? Why don't you tell everyone else that doesn't know, Al? You're not... You're not watching Netflix. <laughs> That's, I think, is, is the really, technically speaking, it's a lot about, um, if you're looking at, uh, we'll look at two different ideas here. The first one being streaming video from a streaming service like Netflix mm-hmm. versus some, the other major use of big data hog that we talk about uh, has to do with online gaming. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, for online gaming, you can usually get away with four to five megabytes per second down, and you can manage to play an online game just fine. However, that is assuming a lot of things, uh, and most importantly is what they call the ping. So the ping, if you ever run, uh, you can check this at speedtest.com. You can run it for free on any laptop, computer, phone, whatever. You can run speedtest.com and see what the numbers look like. And if you are pulling down uh, a low ping, and a low ping, I'm going to tell you, is anything really, you want like a a single-digit number if you're doing really well, under 20 and you're doing fine. Uh, If your ping starts to get much above 30, you've got some serious problems. But ping is basically how how quickly back and forth the signal can travel and how much it gets blocked by other stuff. Uh, the actual your actual speed itself is where you get this megabytes per second down. So you only need about six or seven megabytes per second down, assuming you have a for an online game, assuming you have a fast or a, a quality computer, your graphics aren't too insane, and your ping is working with you. That's all you need for that. However, if you're talking about streaming video, the requirements are much larger. At ten megabytes per second, if you want to watch something in, uh, I would say four eighty p. Uh, which you know we normally talk about seven uh, 1080p is the highest 720 is that's pretty solid 480p is starting to get a little grainy you're not yeah. you're not really loving your image as much it'll be okay if you're watching something on your smartphone again mm-hmm. but if you're trying to put that on a even a, a 30 or 40 inch television uh, it's going to start to look really really choppy and especially the larger the screen the more that megabytes per second has to come down and forget 4k <laughs> and for, we're not even talking about 4k <laughs> 4k is dumb we're not going to get into that um 
the thing about this is, if you live in a rural area and the most you're going to be able to get reasonably is 10 megabytes per second down, mm-hmm. you're not watching Netflix. You're not watching. I mean, you can watch some basic YouTube videos. Basically, if you'd like to watch, uh, if you have HBO and you'd like to go ahead and stream that episode of Game of Thrones, my suggestion is at nine o'clock you hit play and then hit pause. And then tomorrow morning, <laughs> go ahead and uh, before you go to work on Monday, hit play and you can watch the episode then. Exactly. Hopefully it'll have buffered by then. Um, but that's what you're getting. So what's the big deal here? Here's the big deal. If you live in a rural area or if you're poor and you don't have access to the higher speed internet, you are at a significant disadvantage. Now, that might seem dumb, especially if you're you know, sitting, let's say, in your mid-30s or later, just to use the number out of the air. Um, <laughs> the mid- that may not seem like a big deal. You may be thinking, well, what's the I mean, phone? I didn't have it growing up. Uh, well, that's great. Uh, but your access to information is limited. Mm-hmm. Your and you take something. I want to use as a great example here is Vice. Um, I've mentioned Vice a couple times before. Vice is an independent news uh, company. I guess we use organization. Or, oh, thank you, organization. Uh, currently, you can find them on HBO, but they've released a lot of stuff online. They've been around for a while, and they are probably the single just best source of raw news. If only we had like somebody that writes news to to maybe get an opinion from. Yeah, they're a great source for investigative journalism out of, you know, we don't, there isn't a whole lot that hasn't been bought by, you know, your larger corporations, the same people that are trying to limit this, you know, access. So that is, it's very troubling to mm-hmm. see this thing. I'm looking at this, you know, we have a map up uh, for you, everyone watching on YouTube. And um, it's all the places where, you know, corporations, you know, really don't have a large stake when it comes to media markets. So it's really cutting out this huge swath of the country. And that's that's very troubling. Whereas exactly. before, yeah, the Internet was someone it was the great equalizer when it comes to access to information. And exactly. uh, yeah, it's. And that's it. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. So if you do something like Vice as an easy example, if you wanted to get news that wasn't owned by a larger corporation, of which, to be fair, and I'm paying everybody equally here, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, it doesn't matter where you're grabbing, even your local news stuff, all of these folks are kind of bought and paid. So finding an independent news source that's going to be able to put together compelling stories uh, is a little bit harder to do. Vice is one of those places. Your access to Vice is basically non-existent if you live in a, and if you live in a rural area. Yeah. Now we could expand that out to include anything else that you want, but uh, unless you're listening to an audio-only format, like say this podcast, mm-hmm. although we also offer YouTube, which you can't watch if you on uh, 10 megabytes per second on a 40-inch television, which is really unfortunate for you because you should be watching us on a 40-inch television. I mean, we look good. We look I, real good. I actually would prefer you go no larger than 40 inches because I don't. <laughs> if you get to 50, 60, you can see this way too well, and I don't look. Just uh, please note how shiny Dan and Al's hair is today. It is the shiniest. The shiniest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's that's what's going on there. So this is an issue, um, and this is something that's worth noting here, and especially when you look at this in conjunction with the net neutrality stuff that comes down. Uh, you've only got 10 megabytes per second, and they will decide who gets to use eight of that 10 megabytes per second. <sighs> I mean, and it's just crazy to me that we're even we're even talking about this with the advances that we've made with how much we stream and how, you know, I mean, everything that comes into your home now is is wireless, is Internet, is is streaming, is, you know, and like, why would you cut back if it's only growing? Why would you cut back if our usage is only growing? Right. Right. Yes, exactly. And we really... Unless maybe you're trying to limit information. Oh, that's a clack. Why would that happen? Okay, let's move on to our next story. (laughs) We're not doing politics, although, good God, uh, is it hard to not do politics? It's, it's easy to stumble into these days. Uh, 
let's let's stay with something safer. Yeah. Uh, this week in Elon. Oh, like, like ice cream. <laughs> like ice cream going to space. Yeah. Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact. And it's not that like crappy old ice cream. Is I, it? I said like, that like in with a tone of like, oh, like something safer, like ice, uh, like ice cream going to space. That's yeah, actually no, a really safe, legit. happy topic with sprinkles yeah. on top, literally. Um. So yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, my, space ice cream sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say my very astronaut very, ice cream. You talking yeah. about that freeze dried stuff? Yes. Yeah. My very first note here is screw you, Dippin' Dots on all caps. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, Dippin' Dots is great. No, Dippin' Dots isn't. Dippin' Dots was those ice cream of the future. Uh-huh. Screw you. We are still sending actual sp- ice cream to space. Not your little freeze-dried stick-to-my-tongue. If I want ice cream, I don't want Dippin' Okay, dots. first of all, Dippin' Dots, dots, dippin dippin dots, dots aren't freeze-dried. They're, they're like individually quick-frozen little pellets of ice cream that just melt slower. How could you get that wrong? It sounds delicious to me. <laughs> I mean, that's... Have that, you never had Dippin' Dots? I've had Dippin' Dots. I was like, have you been to the zoo? <laughs> or the mall. Or, or the any Disney. theme park. Blech. I don't think Disney does Dippin' Dots. No, you know yeah, why? Because Disney has some... They do Disney Dots. They do 80s. Yeah. Now that's ice cream. Mm-hmm. Not Ben and Jerry's level, but still. Anyway, here's what the point. Yeah. The point here is here's what's going on. Um, let's see here. This is coming from. I don't know. I didn't write it down, so screw you. Uh, I feel like it's Gizmodo, though. Oh, yeah, this is Gizmodo. It is. So from Gizmodo, uh, today's delivery of tasty treats should, by the way, because we're sending. I think it was sent today, Tuesday. We sent up ice cream. Yesterday. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Yesterday, Monday, we sent up ice cream. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, to quote the article here, uh, the taste treat should not be confused with a cosmic ray energic, energetics and mass or cream experiment or ISS cream, hmm. International Space Station <laughs> cream, ice cream, uh, an iteration of which uh, will also be ferried up into low, low Earth orbit on Monday. Uh, ice, ISS ice. The problem is it's really close to saying ISIS cream, and that's a very different <laughs> thing. Mm. That right back. Nope, 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 nope. Dan, um, er, uh, Al, what? you're Al. I'm, your name is Al. You are not Dan. True. Did SpaceX just make a pun and did you just laugh at it? I, I think so. I think both of those things <laughs> happened. Elon made you enjoy a pun. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a big Elon day. can do anything. Episode 125 is a big episode. It's a dang. mark this down as the one where Al enjoys a pun. I think that's what we're going to call it. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I say that like I don't have control over the title. <laughs> you don't. Um, I don't. Well, I can't see unanimous. The robots do. That is true. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the the uh, anyway, they so told him to say that ice cream is going up there. So this is it. So the, let's get to the important piece here. So yeah, they're they're dragging up some other equipment to go do some tests for some cosmic raising crap. Who cares? Let's talk about ice cream first. What flavors? Vanilla, chocolate, and birthday cake. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not thrilled with those choices. Birthday Why? cake or strawberry. I think well, vanilla and chocolate are required. You've got to cover vanilla yeah. and chocolate, sure. right? But for your third flavor, you you looked across the pantheon of ice cream mm-hmm. flavors, and your ass landed on birthday cake, right? I mean, it's, I mean, it's tasty, but it's, it's not tasty. A, I mean, give me a cookie dough. I, yeah, what? I'd have gone. I'd have gone cookies and cream, mint chips. Exactly, exactly, but not the mint chocolate chip with like the big chocolate chunks in it. You got to go with like the with like the, the, the delicate flat. flaky chocolate. Oh, see, I like the flat. Like you like a Briars. Oh well, yeah. you're a heathen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pantheon, like the Trinity, has always been like chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Yeah, that's what you send up. I mean, right. if the aliens right. are going to go and find us, like right. that's what they're going to need. Like it's. I, I, I agree, uh, but if you're going to get froggy on your third choice, right? right. Well, thing, Unless I mean, it's somebody's birthday up there. Ooh, Maybe it's somebody's birthday. Okay, but somebody's birthday up there, then, I, then, then it's I'll, acceptable. Maybe they, it's Space's birthday. It's always Space's birthday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> by uh, the way, by the way, it was yesterday because that picture was from the actual launch. Oh, 
Oh. Like anytime I put a picture of a SpaceX launch, it's it's the actual launch. Oh, look at you doing research and shit. You guys should really check out our YouTube page. Uh, he does a really great job with the show. I don't just pick like a random launch and just stick it up there. I mean, I wouldn't here's know the difference. Here's a rocket ship, uh, everybody. Here's oh, hang on. same one every time. Hang on, damn it. There's like three important, there's two important things left here. Uh, oh. First of all, they come up in freezer. They're going up in freezers. I would hope. Right, which would make sense. But here's the, and they're coming back loaded down with experiments. So they had to send the freezers up anyway, it mm-hmm. looks like. And so they're bringing the back loaded up. Oh, so it's just like a bonus? Like, hey, we got to send these freezers up there. No. And this is the part that's actually really important and, and like it, the actual like newsworthy piece of this. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, up until very, very recently with things like uh, SpaceX and the Falcon 9, every single ounce counted. Sure. Because you had to calculate the amount of fuel necessary to be able to put them up there, and you cannot, there was not room for anything that was not absolutely mission essential. Mm-hmm. And so now we can afford to throw several gallons of ice cream up there, or maybe dozens. I don't know. They didn't specify in the article how much ice cream it does, but the cost of going to space has come down so much that we now have room for things like. Tons of gallons of ice cream for a pun. I'm just I'm getting more and more on board with going to space because now there's ice cream in space, and that's always been my thing. Because I've always said I'm going to go off the grid, but dear God, how will I get ice cream? <laughs> I can't go live alone on a deserted island no. without ice cream. Pro tip: Should you choose to go off the grid, I don't recommend outer space. <laughs> we have but that's like that's like really off the grid. It is like for the a reason. farthest off the grid. Sure, sure. <laughs> Unless you have to stay on the International Space Station because you don't have anywhere else to live because it's outer space. At which point, I assure you, they will find you. Well, you saw what happened to Yondu. Damn it! That is the grid. Yeah, I did see what happened to Yondu. All right. Let's not let's not get too let's not get down here. Let's focus okay. on the ice cream. Okay. Ice if cream. only Yondu had some um, ice cream. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's pause here real quick. If you could only add a third flavor. You got chocolate and vanilla right now. I know we've talked about it. I want your final decisions right now. What's your third flavor? Go, Scott. Now, quickly. Chocolate mint. Chocolate mint. Chocolate mint. Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Chubby hubby. Uh, Ben and Jerry's limited edition One Love. That's how I became a chubby hubby. Ah. Mm -hmm. The One Love is uh, the only banana ice cream I've ever found without without nuts in it. Hmm. So. Oh, yeah, because Chunky Monkey's got, like, it's just, like, overloaded walnuts, with walnuts. walnuts. Just walnuts, Ugh. yeah. So. Oh, wait, no, Chubby Hubby's the one with, like, the chocolate-covered pretzels and yeah. stuff like that. No, oh. I'm talking about, you're, you're talking about, uh, When you said Chubby Hubby, I thought you said Chunky Monkey. Oh, no. That's, that's me. gross. Chubby Hubby. He's the Chubby Hubby. You're the Chunky I'm Monkey. I'm the Chunky Monkey. Mm-hmm. Wow, that could oh, be... It's a good thing another, I said that, because otherwise that would have been incredibly racist. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and move on here. Up next... If you guys don't watch our YouTube video and don't know what Al looks like, he's the brown guy. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> did you just identify? I did. Oh, I mean, it's accurate. I'm just asking. <laughs> I did. Uh, let's move on. Cobra Kai. I don't back. I'm so confused by this. I don't know how to feel. I'm just going to read this piece uh, here. Uh, the, there's a 10 part YouTube red, which, by the way, is the YouTube that you pay for. Um, the YouTube red series that brings back Ralph Macchio, uh, who is, by the way, 55 now mm-hmm. as Daniel LaRusso, LaRusso from The Karate Kid, as in the 80s wax on, wax off Karate Kid. <laughs> that one. Right. I just really, I just would like to interrupt you very quickly here to, show, to talk about the hashtags on this video, which are news, holy shit, what the actual. F- <laughs> awesome. 
Awesome. That's great. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's com- bringing back Ralph Macchio, who's now 55, uh, Daniel Russo, and Billy Zadka, who is 52, fam- most famously uh, for playing himself and How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, was, I guess more importantly for this particular article, uh, Johnny Lawrence, who was the guy who got crane kicked in the face uh, <laughs> at the end of Karate Kid. <laughs> so, and had um, it coming. He did. Uh, so they are going to star as the head of rival dojos. Oh, God. So it's going to be... Master Daniel? Uh, apparently, yes. Uh, I'm just really, I'm just really over all of this remake nonsense. It's not a remake; it's uh, well, a sequel. Well, but this, re- okay, reboot. I should say, not remake. Remake is a poor choice of words. But like this whole reboot, this it's whole, actually a like, poor choice of ideas. So it's not yeah. really your fault. I don't blame you. For, <laughs> it just means like we're that out of ideas that we're that we're bringing the Karate Kid back. No, Ralph Macchio's just out of money. <laughs> also, also that. Actually, it's funny too because fair, fair Ralph, point. Ralph Macchio's character Daniel is actually uh, down on his luck oh, when no. he decides to go open up. Yeah, they didn't want him to have to like you know strain Axe too much to get into character. <laughs> character uh <laughs> anyway um this is and here, here's the thing if you're wanting to know how seriously this is going to be and whether or not you should do it i'm just going to read you this one sentence mm-hmm. it is set 30 years later as a comedy from the guy who wrote hot tub time machine oh my goodness oh i'm more on board now so and it actually came out 33 years ago well it's only 30 years later so apparently they right. got their continuity off yeah. <laughs> so i think boom i'm out uh if you can't <laughs> If you can't take the timeline seriously, then I don't see what. Then the you're going to have a real problem with Marvel, yeah, right? <laughs> I expect. Look, it is you bring me Jackie Chan and and uh, uh, Jaden Smith or God. nothing. Listen, you want to talk about continuity? Don't even. You want to talk about continuity? When they jump from you know, when's, when they, when's what they jump from karate to kung fu? Yeah, oh. it's the Karate Kid doing he, kung fu, doing kung fu. Just, I mean, I realize that they're both martial arts, but you know, kung fu lad. <laughs> Kung fu lad. <laughs> the kung fu lad <laughs> the kung fu child uh, i'm sorry did you have something else though as i was no i was uh, as long as we're talking about continuity uh <laughs> when's the last time any of you have been to hollywood studios and ridden the star tours the updated star tours ride Oof. not since they updated it <sighs> <laughs> yeah, i was I there i was i was there over the weekend and all i'm saying is that you get commandeered by darth vader but then you're on Okay, first of all, they call it the Wookiee planet. Uh-huh. And then... Kashyyyk? Yeah. Like they Kashyyyk. Sorry. I'm sorry. Is that your fault? That is not your fault. You no. didn't do that. No, I'm... No, no, no. My Every rage. comic book is somebody's first comic book I know, out. No, no, no. no. This, there, isn't, no this isn't her problem. No, she's saying that they call no, I'm it... Saying, like, no, I'm saying. On the ride, right, they refer to it as the Wookiee planet. Oh, right, because they know if they call it the actual name, nobody's going to know what that is except you for say, us. You and say then, Kashyyyk, the planet of the Wookiees. Yeah. No, yes. and it's C-3PO. C-3PO is like, why are we on the Wookiee planet? And then you hit a Wookiee, and it splats on your windshield. And then a hologram of BB-8 shows up. All right, I think we're getting into spoilers. So we've got Darth Vader and (laughs) BB-8, and we're running from Mm -hmm. Kylo Ren. There's too much. There's too much. And it's, no. Nope. It's all wrong. Disney, you're on notice. It's on notice. That should be shut down. It really should. I'm assuming that, here's the thing. Here's, I, no, 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 because we're about to spiral out of control. <laughs> yeah, we don't want another another four, four 12 hour, hour, 12 hour episode. I don't know. I don't see my family anymore. Just, <laughs> since Game of Thrones started, uh, I get to see them long enough to watch Game of Thrones. And that's yeah. this podcast is all I have. That's why I want it to be two hours long. <laughs> don't make me go back home to my 17 cats. I realized that as I was watching the live feed last week. <laughs> all right. Moving. <laughs> no. Moving on. Also, nobody brought us tacos this week. Oh. Uh, did anybody else, did any of you guys get to see the premiere for DuckTales? No. The 
No, but I hear it was the stuff of angels. I it, did. I did not get to it see was it, but the I heard it was stuff incredible. Of angels via Al Sterling. That is a direct quote. You can quote me on that, and we did actually. I did. Um, so just because that's the message I got from Al. He's like. We're losing a different story. We're adding DuckTales. All capital letters. He was screaming at us. <laughs> I was. In our, in our internal Slack channel. I was. And Slack, by the way. So, Al, why, awesome. don't, you, why don't you tell us about DuckTales? Listen. What's it about? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just. Is it's, it an origin story? Do they give us. No. Here's. Okay. So, here's. Do we start fresh or is this what, a continuation? No, it's not. It's a. It's a is we're, this 30 years later? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Scrooge McDuck is down on his lap and he opens the dojo. <laughs> Uh, that's actually the main title. The uh, name of the first episode is, is Scrooge McDuck opens a dojo. Uh, He's out of his entire room full of gold. So, uh, yeah, just all gone. What happened to all of the gold? Uh, so here's what happens. Here, here's the basic premise of the story. Um, you know what? No, I don't want to get, because you can catch them both. They're available. Yeah, now let's not you, spoil you, this. I'm not going to spoil this. I'm we're not, we're not doing a DuckTales episode breakdown. <laughs> Listen, I would. Al on ducks. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Not going to be the name of that. Not going to be the name of that. <laughs> Here's here's what here's the thing. If I you grew up like if you grew up uh, uh, watching Ducktales or watching the Disney afternoon cartoon mm-hmm. thing, uh, Ducktales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Tailspin and mm-hmm. just all of those Darkwing Duck, um, they were they were a huge part. I went to middle school Teague Middle School here in the uh, in, in Altamont Springs, and uh, they. I, you know, school started like nine twenty, so I was left on my own for an hour and change every morning, and I watched Tailspin. Every freaking morning. I, I didn't mm-hmm. care. I just, I loved it so much. And DuckTales was right up there for me. So, um, they don't hold, they don't actually, they don't do that bad or they don't age that terribly badly. Yeah. Um, I'm making my kids sit down and watch Tailspin because I torrented all of them. Uh, <laughs> and so we're watching our way through Tailspin. Um, and it still holds up and it's still a really fun show to and watch. And they like it. And they do. My kid, I mean, my four year old is still really into it. My two year old doesn't know what's going on. It's but just he, pretty colors in a cartoon. Right. And he gets, usually he gets pizza. So he doesn't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> he just wants pizza and to be left the fuck alone. So, like his own, much like his father, his right. own large yeah. delivery pizza. Yeah, they actually will usually split a large pizza between them. Hmm. But if my eldest is hungry, there won't be enough. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, so oh my God. <laughs> The differences here. Are monsters. They are. <laughs> anyway, the point here is that the new DuckTales uh, is updated, and it has a lot of the stuff that I think you you want to see out of a cartoon. You can't get away with the same crap then that you can't th- th- then mm-hmm. that you uh, sorry now that you could then. Yeah. So among the things that I think are really important, first of all, I know we talked about the voice casting a hundred times, and it's just perfect. Um, but you're actually getting three different personalities from three different uh nephews huey dewey and louie are legitimately like by the end of it i can tell you having watched every single disney thing all of these things i still couldn't tell you which one was which color yeah uh, i now can like hmm. i now like there's okay, enough so of a different personality there there's enough of different stuff that's going on so which one's which uh dewey is the blue one okay uh huey is the red one and louie is the green one i'm fact checking this right now fact check me right now <laughs> webby who was the little girl duck and and ducktales who was basically like and there's a girl uh <laughs> Webby is now a, a badass, and and she she's an interesting character. And there's nuance, and there's a storyline. There's an underlying story here, and the beef between Donald and Scrooge McDuck is interesting and provocative, and the 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 animation is amazing. Just literally everything about this was just amazing. Okay. Like, Tell me what colors. 
again. Uh, Dewey blue. Dewey's blue. Huey's red. Louis green. Hey, he did it. I, and I literally can do that only because I watched the show. I we believe him. <laughs> so, um, but there is one moment that I'm going to mention right now that I just like the part that I freaked out about immediately and why I immediately started tapping in all caps. <laughs> um, one of the things that gets mentioned in the beginning of it's a two part show. Each 20 was it us? Long. Did they mention for geek's sake? They, they did not. That's <laughs> episode two. Um, but the, the most important part here is that they actually, uh, uh, mentioned Cape Suzette. Anybody know Cape Suzette? Is it just me? Am I the only one who's that's, that rings a yeah, bell? That's, that's Cape, just you. Cape Suzette is where tailspin originates. That's right. Yeah. Baloo oh. lives in Cape Suzette. Yeah. So we have like right out the gate, they were acknowledging the wider Disney animated universe, mm. um, which means that there is a possibility that Baloo and Louie were going to, are going to show up. He's shaking. Just, He's shaking right I, now, people. He's so excited about I, this. Yes. So anyway, um, that's what's going cool. So DuckTales, uh, the actual full series doesn't drop until late September. The episode's on, but you can find the first two on Disney XD uh, or, I don't know, beat somebody up and take theirs. Like, it's just that good. You should watch it. <laughs> Al, as long as I've known you, I've always associated you with Louie. Aww. Every time I hear that song. That is possibly the nicest <laughs> thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, I'm gonna come I've down. I've always from the... associated you with an orangutan. <laughs> I'm okay with it. That might be racist, but I'm okay with it. I guess I was the one who first identified. Stop, as stop a... making me the racist one. Well, I'm the, I'm the one who first identified as a chunky monkey, so it's not really on you. Uh, all right, so let's get into our main topic. So, uh, Scott, hey, you're still here. Um, the Orlando Weekly. Scott, is... did you know we talk a lot? You can't, you can't wait for us. You got to jump in here, man. There's no, I tried to give him that opening earlier. Yeah, that'll teach you. Um, so how's it going? It's doing all right. I can't complain. Tomorrow's pretty big day. The, um, story drops on dice tower con and the larger board gaming community in Orlando in general. So, um, Pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you wrote the, and this is the cover story, right? Yes. Awesome. So uh, you guys, it's a pretty big deal. Like you're, yeah. No, this is. Um, I've written a couple of different things for them. You know, over the years, this is the biggest. You know, project I've undertaken. Um, it's, you know, coming in like it's big scope. It's about give you about roughly three thousand words. Um, covering a bunch of different people. Like met all sorts of amazing people. We actually traveled together to Dice Tower Con. We did. It's true. Yeah, that it was happened. great. We stayed out at Caribra. It was um. Very fear and loathing, but except with any of the fear or loathing, it is board games forever. <laughs> just <laughs> forever. Forever. So um, tell me, uh, uh, what was your, what's your big takeaway? I mean, I mean, people should read the article. It's the Orlando Weekly, guys. It's, it's, it's free. Uh, go, <laughs> go, go get it. But um, what was your big takeaways? What are the, what are the major things that, 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 you, that were kind of uh, resonate with you um, after you've done the article? All right. So... Um, I think a lot of people, when they associate board games or, you know, games in general, they have a lot of these um, memories of either, you know, playing Monopoly, Risk, Candyland, you know, basically the standard, you know, game closet sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I shared a lot of those memories. My mom and I would play Scrabble. We would um, play Risk, you know, my mom and my dad and I, all of this. And then, you know, over time, like, you know, as you grow up, you kind of leave those things behind. You leave those memories behind. And, um, all of a sudden, I'm coming into this whole new world of board gaming. I'm like, I'd heard of, like, you know, Settlers of Catan, things like that, you know, kind of the larger board gaming universe. And then all of a sudden, I'm dropped into this convention, Dice Tower Con. It's one of the largest growing gaming conventions out there, especially in the Southeast. A lot of people I talked to, they're saying that, you know, this is the destination for if you want to get into, 
you know, this area of the United States regarding gaming, this is where you're going to go. Uh, I was just kind of drop in cold and it's, it was overwhelming, but very educational. And, you know, just you're learning about a whole new world and you're meeting all these people that are, you know, well-versed in it. You're also meeting people that are in the same position you are. And, um, what I really came away with was there's this whole community that is, it's basically these people that all grew up in the same memories that you had playing, playing Monopoly Risk and then have, you know, found these new games and they're, you know, all family and it's people just enjoying, you know, gaming the way they did when they were younger. But now, you know, you've grown up or you've gotten moved, older, you've gotten older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm specifically referencing Al in that scenario. Stop. <laughs> And it was just, it was a really great experience. I lost every single game I played by <laughs> a wide margin. No, no, no. You oh, remember? You, if you remember. One. Yeah, I, well, you can guess who I beat. Oh, yeah, him. This yeah. guy. <laughs> now, right. to be fair, uh, Scott had, we were playing a game that Scott had never played before, a type of game Scott had never played before, mm-hmm. and I was teaching him, and I was trying my best, and uh, I, I didn't win by a lot. Uh, trying your best to win or like yes. trying your best to like not beat the person that you were teaching the game that you had played before? That this was my this only like not a, how this like a bully games. situation. This is my only chance to win a goddamn game. And he was all, yeah. I, I looked in his eyes. I remember the conversation we had. There was a crucial moment where I was like, I could do one of two things in this game. And you're like, well, you know, you don't have to really do the other one. And uh, my instinct was to grab the one card. You convinced me to grab the other. And I ended up losing as a result of that. <sighs> it was the green versus the blue. Uh-huh. You're like, well, you know. Yeah, he did that on purpose. He didn't want yeah, to Yeah, that's what I was saying. Because Al, but I saw it in your game. Eyes. I saw it in your eyes. You wanted to win that game. I wanted to win one. When he, <laughs> went, when he teaches a game, he plays for keeps. Yeah, and I, I think it's a valuable lesson. We're yeah. playing for pinks. And the, the great thing <laughs> was, is like, in losing all these games, I got to like, do all these amazing things. You know, and playing the game was Starfleet. Uh, that was Star Realms. Star Realms. Yeah, Starfleet's um, trademarked. We can't. We yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, playing Star Realms, you know, I got to go and, you know, fight the intergalactic horde and you get to be like all these different that things. That was me. I was the intergalactic horde. That, that's, that's exactly right. Um, I got to in another game. I was on this, you know, steampunk, you know, sort of party going, you know, through the clouds on an airship. I got to experience and be all these different things. And um, that is a lot of things what we do in childhood is we we play pretend whether it's you know playing monopoly like we're a robber baron or you know we're risk we're trying to you know we're trying to conquer the world it's the same sort of childhood innocence that i think that we've lost and that we need to kind of regain through and board gaming is a great way to do that and a great way to you know just be kids again and just kind of be together and be with each other so one of the things that you mentioned there too uh uh in relation to folks that are designing their own board game um you, you mentioned how it seems like everybody there was had their own had a board game they were in developing or board game that they had they they had created. Yes. It kind of reminded me of like you know like everybody in high school was in a band like just everyone yes. everyone was in a band. Yes, um, nobody... I was in, I was in a twelve piece ska band. Nice. Um, our name was Ashton Kutcher's Sexy Chest. Okay. Nice. And the only thing we did was cover. Um, uh, Save Ferris's cover of Dexy's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> It's the only thing we ever accomplished in high school. In high school, Al decided to call somebody out on the whole band thing. And it was their brother's band, actually, that he was calling out. He was like, wait a minute, your, brother wait a minute. Ba- your brother's your brother band was- is never going to become anything. Nobody's ever going to hear your brother's band. Your brother's band sucks. Turned out to be Creed. <laughs> yeah. That, uh... <laughs> yeah. That wasn't... Wait a minute, you know Creed's brother? 
Sister. No, I know Creed's uh, Scott Stapp. Oh, I'm sorry. Stapp's little sister. Sister, I didn't yeah. know it was a female. Yeah. Well, I mean, do we no, no, no. His name is Creed, and she is just now Creed's sister. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure she'll appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, to be fair, no, Al, where were you to tell me that my band was never going to make it? <laughs> Damn it! Damn it, man! Curse this podcast right now. <laughs> this podcast I, is never going to make it. I tell you guys that before every recording. Oh. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm sorry, but I thought anyway, it was back to Dice Tower Con. <laughs> Dice Tower Con. So yeah, so the, the the board game piece I thought was really interesting because everybody does talk about this like all the time. Like you ask anybody, they will tell you they're making a board game. And that's what's great about it is you know kind of talking about you know the band's not going to make it or you know whatever it is whether it succeeds it becomes you know like Creed or not. Um, <laughs> Would you name higher than Creed? <laughs> a little bit. Um, but what's incredible is that you know you're trying. And that there's this great quote by Kurt Vonnegut, you know, memoir he wrote right before he died. He wrote Slaughterhouse Five, Cat's Cradle, all these other great books. Was um, just do something creative, make something like my word for it is sandboxing. It doesn't matter if it's great. It doesn't matter if it succeeds or fails. You have made something, and that's worthwhile. And that's what I love about gaming. Every time you sit down in a board game, um, that's a little work of art. Like that experience. is singular and then you leave it and the next time even if you come back to the same board game it's a different experience with different people and you've made something all together and that's what matters and that's you know again i lost every single game i played but every single time i sat down i experienced something new and i think that's something that when we're living in this you know really um aggressive high speed you know i'm talking about plugged in um internet life sometimes it's nice to just unplug sit down and just go on an adventure together and that's the real thing i you know took away from my entire time at dice tower con and what i really wanted to kind of imbue in this story was i found myself as i was writing it um a lot of my sentence structure like i'm getting into the kind of like you know the wonky sort of thing was i would write a sentence saying this is how it was then but here is how it is now in reference to dice tower con itself it was so small and now it's grown or even referencing um when I was a kid versus how I am now, um, there's this progression, but at the same time, it, it is kind of the same and it's the same in that, um, there's a line of the story. Like, you know, we really don't grow up. We just grow older. And I feel we need to remember that we are in essence, you know, the same sort of people. And we all kind of strive to do the same things as we get older. We all want community. We all want this connection. We all want to come together. And I feel like board games are a great way to do that. I think it's so great, too, that something like Dice Tower Con exists and has gotten so huge because I always think back. I always remember this this experience that I had. I uh, I used to do marketing for an unnamed restaurant company and um, they canned me. So I'm not going to give them a, a promotion Good on, on the show. Um, but I used to do marketing for this company and I would I would work out on the road a lot and I would usually end my day at a Starbucks because they had free Wi-Fi and I would you know, get on my computer and enter my, my things for the day. And I was sitting in a Starbucks one day and these, and this group of younger people, they were probably in their early twenties. They showed up at the Starbucks and they, and they laid out this board game and I was sitting there working and I was watching them. And you know, the board game is obviously nothing that I had ever heard of. It it might've even been an indie game. It might've even been something that they created themselves. And, you know, when I was watching them and, and the intricacies of the game and just kind of like, you know, the, the togetherness of the group and and I eventually walked up to them and asked them like what are you playing and why are you playing it here and they told me the you know what the game was and they gave me the the rundown of it and they were like you know we come here because we don't really have anywhere else to go 
and it was it was sad but it was you know it was it was cool to to think back on that and then to see like what's happening to the board gaming community because it's not something that you really hear a lot about it's kind of like the you know like the little guy of the geek world, I guess. <laughs> no, and, I, and I think that's true in a lot of ways. And I think, but we're seeing, of course, the board game resurgence and we're seeing the, the number of people that are playing and all that stuff kind of go up. And it's interesting to see something like Dice Tower Con, which sold out in, we talked about this before, you know, sold out in 15 minutes for the last couple of years and then doubled its size. And now it took a full two months for it to sell out. Um, but we're talking, I mean, thousands upon yeah. thousands of people coming in from all over the country. That's and I awesome. think when I was looking for images, I saw that they've announced the dates for next year. Oh yeah. Oh no. They, mm-hmm. they'll go on sale here, October, November. They'll go on sale. Which I'm, starts July 4th. Actually. Which I totally yeah. get to go to this time, right? Yeah. <laughs> get in there. Oh, <laughs> but I, you, I was like, yeah, you can buy a ticket. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. So so so, what was uh? How have you found the geek scene in Central Florida? Because you talked to a lot of different folks for this article, um, and, and you know, I mean, obviously they're all specific, kind of related to board games. But uh, what did you notice? Anything in particular about the scene here in Orlando? About what's going on with Orlando and geek and all that? Well, it's I found a lot of really interesting parallels. Um, the Orlando Weekly. I started covering the craft beer scene, and I started covering it in around 2012, and that's really where the craft beer scene really started taking off a lot of breweries opened up a lot of your really like n- like famous craft beer bars red light red light moved to a new location new location all these sorts of things um the it started out with a bunch of people with a similar interest all kind of helping each other um really grow and expand and they became you know they were community first before they were competitors and with the geek scene here i've seen the same thing you have a lot of like you have a local comic shop called um a comic shop. <laughs> um, they came on the scene. You have another comic shop called um, Smash Comics. They mm-hmm. came up. You have Cool Stuff Games uh, over in Maitland. They came around the same time. And they've all been kind of um, helping each other grow. And it's really interesting. Like, Orlando is, you know, family entertainment capital of mm-hmm. obviously the United States, but arguably the world. So it was, in my opinion, only a matter of time before you start seeing things like board games, comics, video games really um, come onto the big stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have your big conferences up in, um, I think it's Illinois, you have um, Gen Con, mm-hmm. is that right? That's, you know, these, all these different places that if you look at where they're located, shouldn't have had, you know, Orlando should have really blossomed before these places. Um, but now you really see Orlando making this big push into um, the geek scene. Uh, if you want to look at, yeah, board games, We'll get um, video gaming with EA here. That's really, you know, growing. And you look at the local podcast. And then, I mean, and then, of course, you know, there's the geek bar scene. Uh, Yeah. The geek easy. You've got uh, you've got player blaster, ready player joysticks. I mean, you've got. This is, I mean, I, I arcade, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. The you know, and both uh, uh, our technical director uh, Elijah and I both have to travel a lot for work, not together, but we have crisscrossed the country and we have taken to looking for spots like what we have in Orlando, wherever we go. And I got to tell you, aside from maybe there's a couple spots in California and uh, up around like Oregon, Washington. That's about the only places I've hey, seen. Hey, now it's like way too late because York, because you definitely already went on this trip, but you were just in Philadelphia and there's literally a bar in Philadelphia called Barcade. That oh, yeah? I definitely should have told you about because you and Emily definitely could have gone. We could have gone there. My bad. Yeah. 
It is your bad. Is there? Can we just add that as a segment to the show? Uh, Liz is bad. <laughs> it's, I, I prefer it over at Haha Al's dumb. So yeah, we can. <laughs> so what was you, what was the best thing you played while you were out there? What was your game? Any game that stuck out? Any game that you enjoyed more than? I really enjoyed Splendor. That yeah. was probably my favorite game I played. So can you like? Ex- I would try to explain it and articulate it, but you would <laughs> so do Splendor, it better than I would. Splendor's a couple years old, and it is, uh, it's, a, it's what we kind of refer to as a gateway game, meaning that it is a game that is, if you, if you haven't played anything heavier in the game world than Monopoly, uh, then you know this is a kind of game that kind of eases you into it. You, there are games, and I'm going to talk about one during my shameless plug, that are very, very, very heavy and big and require just days of preparation. This is the opposite end of that. This is on the same end of Ticket to Ride or Settlers of Catan, but I actually prefer Splendor over both of them. Um, so Splendor is basically a resource gathering game. So you put out a bunch of cards and you have a bunch of uh, uh, of poker chip looking things that represent different types of gems. And the idea here is that you're gathering the gems and then with the gems, you're buying the cards and the cards help you buy bigger cards. And there's up to four players going at the same time. And so everybody's kind of moving together. And it reminds me... Um, you know, talking about things from your childhood, Splendor is one of my absolute favorite games. And I think the thing about it that I love so much is it reminds me of sitting around with my mom and my grandmother and my grandfather uh, playing Rummy. We used to play Rummy all the damn time. And what I learned, what I, I didn't learn until much, much later, is that the Rummy, much like Splendor, is just a... a, a it's something to do while you're sitting there, you know? It's a means of passing the time. This is this is not a game... Splendor's not a game that requires you to spend all of your time 100% focused and whatever. You can have a conversation. You can laugh and you can joke around and you can do what you're doing without it... You know, it gives you something to talk about and something to do while you're in conversation with people. And I think that is what made... I mean, I think that that for me is what it does because it gives me that same feeling. Uh, and I got the chance... I actually got the game and got to go play it with my mom. Uh, unfortunately, my grandparents are no longer with us, but got to sit there and play with my mom and show her the game and got to play with my brother. And it's, and it does, it's that same feeling. It's that same, like it's a game that you can teach to any age. Uh, it's easy to pick up a game will last maybe an hour on the outside. If everybody knows what they're doing, it's closer to about 30 minutes mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, it was a great game. I'm really glad you enjoyed that one. That's, yeah, it was my favorite game to play, but the most exciting game for me to play was Manaforge. So I got to play it with the designer, and that's one of my favorite things I included in the article. Oh, Manaforge. Hmm. Manaforge. Have you heard of Manaforge? Yeah, I've heard of that one. So. I feel like we may have covered that here on the show. I might have actually played, played that one. Yeah. As a matter of fact, have. you should see the updated version. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He dropped some new artwork. He's gotten the game almost. What's he waiting on? They said the dice, right? They're waiting on the dice. They have um, embossed dice they're going to roll out. And yeah. it was it was awesome because I got to actually play through the game with the designer, like kind of watching, and it was, it was great because he was kind of hovering over it in the article. I say like a helicopter dad. He's like, <laughs> "Well, this is you know, how do you feel about the reference cards for the rules? Is that like all right?" But and he was so like you could tell he was thrilled to see someone not from the scene and a complete stranger to play it. Mm-hmm. So that was just really exhilarating to see um, him watching someone else play, and then. It combines a bunch of different game mechanics that I had never experienced. It was just seamlessly, you know, integrated. And it's he's a local designer, mm-hmm. so it was really great because it's the Orlando element that we've been talking about, but also just the um, the creativity and the um, just development 
before, like, you know, I got to experience something I'd never experienced before. And I've been playing games, video games, board games my whole life. But this was something brand new. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really glad I got to share it with, you know, my friends and also with the man who made it. And that's Brian Klein, by the way, over at Mystic Tiger Games. Right. Uh, Manaforge, uh, M-A-N-A-F-O-R-G-E. Actually got funded on Kickstarter. Everything's going. We're really happy for Brian. Nice. Uh, and a, yeah, a lot, a lot of love for him over there. So. Uh, check that out. It is a, it is a really fun game. The the very basic premise is uh, you know you've heard us talk about Dungeons and Dragons or any of these games where you go out and you are a hero of legend that is defeating the enemy. Well, the Man of Forge answers the question. Well, who the hell made all your stuff? Because <laughs> very few Gendry. heroes are effective running Gendry. around naked. Who's Gendry? He was Gendry. You get to be Gendry. you actually do you you play you play Gendry you play you play as a person who makes to makes all of these weapons and armors and magic items and things. So it's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah now, it's a great game. Now refresh my memory. We had Matt Holden on the week before you went to Dice Tower Con. Yep. Okay. And he does the Indie Gaming Alliance. Right. That's correct. Which that, also get a mention in the article. Helped, yeah, that helps. Yes. And that was a, a great conversation. He actually started out, and um, I covered a little bit in the article, the um, sort of overlay between video game design and board game design and how a lot of your board game designers grew up on your nostalgic, you know, Nintendo, Sega games. And that was their gateway, so to speak, into board gaming. So he he actually had a really great story talking about like family time around the table. Um, he and his um, grandmother used to play Scrabble, and um, when she started lo- losing her sight, um, she wasn't able to play Scrabble anymore, and it was heartbreaking for the whole family. So he designed this giant Scrabble board so they could all play together, and then he donated it to the church that he had gone to and his grandmother had gone to, so people that are you know differently abled um, were able to play. And um, those are the kind of stories where um, that's what gaming does for people. That's what, you know, game designers do for people. And that's what got him into what he does now, which is advising people all across the country and the world how to design games to get those same experiences, not only for themselves, but the people they design for and um, for the players. So that was um, one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. That's fantastic. Okay, last question. Uh, You going back next year? Of course. All right, <laughs> good. And we will be there, too. For geek's sake, we'll be there uh, in force. Uh, we had, I mean, this time we had our technical director, Elijah, myself, uh, literal rocket scientist, Travis, and her name is Elizabeth, uh, along with uh, Scott. We're out there next time. We'll get you a cool title next time. Um, <laughs> but now we're, uh, so next year, I, I plan on going out. Actual journalist? Actual, like, oh, it's your actual like he, journalist. Like got he has a title. <laughs> That's tr- well, I mean, I, I like actual journalist because it draws a clear delineation between what he does and what we do. Yes. And I think that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Actual journalist Scott Horn. Uh, there you go. Congratulations. So, so that's right. So the Orlando Weekly will be out on Wednesday, meaning you can pick it up right now. So make sure you grab Orlando Weekly. It'll be the one with the dice tower on the cover. I don't know what on, on the cover. Yeah, um, I, haven't, the cover? I haven't seen the cover yet. They oh, haven't no? tried it, but um, it's it'll be look coming just out. Like this. Exactly. Like my face just bobbing around like a screensaver bubble. Yeah. Um, this is bubble. Yeah. yeah, that is. I mean, it's it's a good thing you're a good-looking guy, man, because that would be really... <laughs> that'd be really if you look at our show notes, you'll see uh, somebody, Dan, who apparently doesn't like Scott very much, just grab like a, this random weird cutout. Just kind of put him in the middle there, and that's... Yeah, that's what that is. That's what uh, that, that is. That's August. his official... That's his official headshot for Orlando Weekly, and it was a profile picture from his Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, well, so... You brought it on yourself. Exactly. <laughs> It's not a bad picture. It's not a bad picture. I'm just. I'm I just, just got, back, got rid of the background. Yeah, that's good. Right, you August. Did, you did good work with this. August sixteenth. So check August it out. 16th. August sixteenth. Orlando Weekly. Uh, thank you, Scott. Thank you very much. You could. You're allowed to talk in this next installment too. Uh, don't feel like you get away from us. So up next for our B roll, it is a damn it DC update. Damn it, DC. DC. No, okay. no, this is no. This isn't exciting. This might be. We're unhappy. 
Are we might are be. we? It's a mixed what bag. Happened? Well, it's a damn it DC. So I just, uh, I mean, well, I don't think we can talk about DC without a damn it attached to it. It's, a, it's just always damn it. DC. Can I uh, also? But before we get into the details, I just want to recognize Dan's amazing work on the show notes. Oh, uh, thank you. This week, uh, specifically because you you spell damn it with two M's. Oh, uh, <laughs> and I want to thank you for that. It's crucial. It, it bugs me. I know it can go both ways, but I I prefer the double M. It really depends on the the usage. I think it doesn't. Well, how are we saying, damn it? I don't know. This is a real... This is, this, this That's one's why I left it this way. Okay, so here's what we've got. So we've got a, a bit of an update all around the DC universe. Um, let's start with... Let's just start with the easy piece. Let's start with Wonder Woman real quick. Uh, according to Deadline.com, updated from August 5th, mm-hmm. uh, after becoming the highest groping, grossing film of the <laughs> summer... Oh. <laughs> the highest, Careful there. The highest groping <laughs> film? <laughs> no. No. That's what you said. That Freud that's how you misspoke. That listen, my <laughs> Al's misogyny is coming out. Your Actually, misogyny is. Are you showing. that Taylor Swift DJ? I <laughs> oh, I'm no. going to sue you for one dollar. <laughs> that was so badass. No, we're not doing that. We're focusing. <laughs> Deadly.com. So uh after becoming the highest grossing film of the summer and the second highest of the year, Warner Brothers slash DC's Wonder Woman will cross the four hundred million mark at the domestic box office on Monday, becoming one of nineteen titles to clock in that range on the all-time u.s canada chart worldwide she stands at uh stands north of 794 million dollars nearing that 100 million mark and 1 billion by the way is legitimately where your movie becomes insane um, insane insane like well, you, avengers there's only a handful of movies to make it up at that point i'm curious uh i did what i did not get to check was to see how it was stacking up against the other dc films because it was still ranking low on dc films uh, overall gross, but um, there's no there's no denying the impact the woman has had. So that was the first piece. We so that's not be. a damn it DC. That that's like a hooray DC. That that's be, like, damn it DC. Yeah, damn, damn it DC. DC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. See so how we have different uses. I see. It, it I does. See it does. So now we get into the part where things get a little a little weird. There's two articles that we're referencing here. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is uh, an interview uh, with from, with Batfleck uh, mm. over Joss Whedon's involvement. And the second one talks about Darkseid, who is the super big bad. He is the Thanos of the DC universe. That's mm-hmm. really the easiest way to put it. Um, the, as a matter of fact, they probably ripped each other off when they did this back in the Stanley oh, yeah. Jack Kirby days. Yeah, I um, forget which it's. I oh, Thanos ripped first. off Darkseid. Yeah, I is what it, it was. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, yeah. It seems like it because Darkseid's a bit more badass. Thanos yeah. seems like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> um, poor Thanos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I said it. Ooh. I said it. Yeah, see me after Infinity War. All right. Well, well, no, no, no. You can't base it on what the movies look like. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but the, so Dark Side uh, is a huge big bad that they have been teasing. Not even teasing. Just basically saying, "Hey, Dark Side's coming, guys." Like, there's Pretty not much, much of a tease there. Yeah. Uh, and he, everybody expected. So the original plan here. <laughs> And original, by the way, is going back a little bit. The <laughs> like original, 36 writers ago. Right. The original right. plan for the Justice League was to do a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Roll out the two-parter, and Darkseid was supposed to feature pretty heavily in the second one. Um, a couple things have not gone exactly the way DC planned. Well, people really? were supposed to like Batman versus Superman, too. Yeah. That, that was supposed to be a good movie. That was so. supposed to be a movie. That was, well, thank you. That was a actually movie. the most. And Suicide was, Squad. That was supposed to be something. I don't know what that. Was. I don't know what. I have, a lot of, I have so many opinions about. Songs. I don't even know what that was supposed to be. Um, a music video. I don't know. <laughs> this is one really long music Honestly, video. Honestly, pretty much. It's exactly what it was. A music was, videos are pretty good. Um, so Dark Side uh, has now been kind of pushed off here. 
So Steppenwolf is the um, not the magic carpet ride guy. Uh, <laughs> Steppenwolf is the. Current I'm proud of you for that one. Oh, right, that, that was, was a good. good. I am. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of that one too. Um, so Steppenwolf is the big bad for Justice League. They've shared that pretty clearly. Uh, Lame. He's. <laughs> He's a he's a weird choice. Um, Lame. Usually, usually you burn through your Lokis uh, before you get to your Kilgraves. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you can't. Yeah. You can't. Oh, by the way, did have, did do we see he's coming back? Kilgrave. He's been it. confirmed for season two. It better be in flashbacks. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm sure saying. That's what it is? Whoa, whoa, no, whoa. He's got to be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm on like episode nine. You're fine. Everyone, chill out. No spoilers. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um. So the uh. So Darkseid, though, has now been officially pushed off. And the reason for that, um, many are speculating, is the impact of Joss Whedon. Now, I would like to do just a very quick, I called it, because I don't get to do this very often. Okay. There's way more haha Al's dumbs <laughs> than, than haha like, Al called it. Than <laughs> hoo Al called it. Uh, so <laughs> when they announced that, uh, that Joss Whedon was going to be stepping in to handle the reshoots after the tragedy that affected the Snyder family, and again, we may not be a huge fan of some of Snyder's directorial choices, but we do not wish ill on the man, okay. and, and our thoughts and prayers are still with him and his family. Uh, but Joss Whedon stepped in, and my point at the time was you don't bring in Joss Whedon to do cleanup. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Like, if everything's all done and put together, you don't bring in Joss Whedon just to, you know, candle a couple quick reshoots and make sure everything's tight. You bring just in like Joss you don't Whedon bring... when you know you need to rewrite the national anthem. Sure. Yes. Yeah, or, the ship. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's going to be doing. I think he's a new... It's like bringing in Ron right. Howard halfway through. Yes, as a matter of fact, looking at uh, looking at the Hans Solo film, there's some saving to do. There's yeah, we're gonna have to redo. <laughs> yeah. So the reshoots now. So so uh, uh, in his in his interview, Batfleck, looking depressed, I'm assuming, um, was asked about what was going on, and he said that the movie is really the product of two different directors. Um, again, that's not what you normally would want to talk about with the movie. Was he smoking and pouting? Uh, when assuming. they asked him this question yeah, in his car, just like, have you oh seen God. how many pictures there are on the internet of Ben Affleck standing outside smoking and looking depressed? I think he just has like RBF. I think that's really <laughs> RDF oh. resting bro face. resting depressed face. <laughs> so he, uh, anyway, so he's, he talks about how this is really a product of different directors, which is really a polite way of saying, I mean, to me, it's a polite way of saying, we just kind of removed. We can't take Zack Snyder's name off of it. Cause that's really rude. <laughs> right. And we definitely paid Zack Snyder. But this is more of a Joss Whedon film now. Yeah, I mean, uh, if they just needed somebody to clean up and, and edit, he could have just like called up Kevin Smith and been like, hey, right. come edit this movie. Well, and, and <laughs> to be clear, these movies, I mean, we talk about the director, but he, there's not, there's more than one director on there. There's several directors that are involved in one of these it's, things. It's there's more a, like being a head coach for an NFL football team. Right. Where you might not be the guy calling the plays. But you're in charge of the guy calling the plays. Right. So, I mean, realistically speaking, if you just needed to do some reshoots, you would have used one of the other directors that were there to yeah. go ahead and handle those reshoots. Because reshoots in and of themselves are not uncommon. They do them all the time. Uh, but these appear to be stuff. And you're noticing a, a huge shift in the um, in the uh, the trailers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one that I think jumps out the most is at the end of the one from Comic-Con. Aquaman uh, sliding down the building. No, actually, uh, the one that felt super Joss Whedon to me was when they're all standing there talking to Commissioner Gordon. Mm. And Commissioner Gordon, like the whole Justice League is standing there. And then Commissioner Gordon turns around and turns back and only the Flash is standing there. And then the Flash quips for a little while and then runs off. 
uh, yeah. which felt so pure Joss. I was just waiting for Malcolm Reynolds and Buffy to show up. Like that's that was so purely Joss, and it makes me happy. Oh. So here's the question: mm-hmm. Does this work? Because here's the thing: uh, I love. I mean, he, he came in too late to reshoot the entire thing with his vision. Right. Majority of it was already done. Yeah, but they they added out so much, and yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was able to find the more Joss as takes takes of a certain line. Yeah, you know, I would have told him to do it this way as opposed to this way, and he would have picked his version. Um, what I'm hoping here is you've got Zack Snyder, who is undoubtedly one of the most brilliant visual storytellers we have. Agreed. We've always had a problem with more of the storytelling, right? Which Joss Whedon excels at. So hopefully he's able to take the pretty pictures that uh, Snyder had already made, put a little plot into it, and make it all come out in the wash. What do you think it's got? I'm thinking, um, I think we have a clash of uh, personalities here between uh, Batfleck and Joss Whedon. So I'm not so much concerned about this film because he was brought in so late. Mm -hmm. I have to wonder what this means for the whole DCEU going forward. Because I I know that Ben Affleck, he's not going to be directing the Batman anymore. But he is still probably the biggest personality in the room at any given time. Joss Whedon is obviously a very big personality. So I have to wonder what that tension is going to be like. And if then you he's got Matt Reeves in the middle of that. Exactly. Yeah. You have all this. So my concern is, are there too many cooks in the kitchen? Um, I think Zack Snyder, again, he has these deficiencies that we've seen when it comes to like narrative storytelling. But as a visual storyteller, I think there was a, you know, Affleck could have balanced those two out. I think with the two of them, like with... Whedon now and um, Ben Affleck. I think there might be some clashing, and one of them is gonna, you know, went over. I don't think it's gonna be Ben Affleck. So it's gonna be very interesting seeing what happens moving forward. What, what's your take there, Liz? I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to see how how his how it mixes. That's actually exactly that's, my thought. That's too. that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm concerned about. That's what I'm concerned about is how the two drastically different you know, directorial styles are going to mix together in the final take of this whole, of this whole movie. And are we going to get another disaster? So exactly. I love ribeyes. I love ice cream. I don't really <laughs> Not putting want ice cream on a ribeye. <laughs> I don't want ribeye flavored ice cream either. Like, mm. so what I'm concerned is exactly. I Liz, I'm with you 100%. Does the dark, heavy, uh, heavily visual tone that you get from a Snyder flick. Yeah. Gonna jive with the quippy. Because Whedon is campy. Uh, uh, Whedon's yeah. a little campy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he a likes little, to wake yeah. at the camera. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, do the, can you mix those Tuning two up. things effectively? Yeah, exactly. I mean, now, now, to be fair, I mean, this is the same guy who's also done things like Cabin in the Woods. Like, right. He is. Which, it, well, I mean, I don't know. Cabin in the Woods was in and of itself, it, it, still, it still had that Whedon. You right. know, there were, there were so, you know, it was the whole movie was essentially making fun of, of horror movie tropes. Mm-hmm. Yes, but not in the same way that you would look at like a scary movie. Right. Right. Um, right. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think that is going to be for me the biggest piece. I think that, um, Warner Brothers is trying to write this ship and trying to get it pointed at anything other than the iceberg that it seems to desperately be wanting to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and I think you're and I actually share your concerns as well, Scott. I think with the new director and on the Batman and the Batman flick and some of the things that he said, basically saying, "I know, I know, I know. I don't care. We're starting over." Yeah. Um. It'll be really interesting to see. One thing that I don't think is up for much debate: uh, is Superman's back. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're not they're not even trying. 
Like, I don't think they ever were trying. Yeah, I mean... That's true. And I mean that as just in general. I don't think that the DCEU has ever been tried. Yeah, I mean, like, well, it's like... Oh. <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. That yeah. was funny. Okay. All right, so that's going to do it. What are your take, folks? We'd love to hear from you on uh, Learned Weekly, on the board games, on Ice Cream Going to Space. Uh, what was the third flavor that you... I think that's the important question. Yes, please mm-hmm. tell us. And you know what? I'll, I'll blast this on our social meds as well. Did our, I just do that? I don't know. Is that is that cool? <laughs> is that, that hip? I don't think so. Okay, because I'm not hip, so I. It would actually be Soshmeads. Soshmeads. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blasto this on our Soshmeads, Brett. He once called called an oven an ovs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that uh, that's the thing. What, what's what's the third flavor? Chocolate and vanilla obviously have to go. And if you don't agree, the chocolate and vanilla have to go. Don't comment because your opinions don't matter. Um, <laughs> We support you here at the For Geek's Sake. Let's do some shameless plugs, Liz. Go <gasps> We're first. going to me first? You first. I'm so excited. I'm actually going to shamelessly plug something new other than Roller Derby, which we're playing on August 20th <laughs> this Sunday at 4.30 p.m. at Semaron Skateway. You can see me skating with the <laughs> Heatwave Hellcats, which is not my normal team. It's the team that I sub for when my team isn't playing. That's not my shameless plug today. My shameless plug today <laughs> is actually um, a musical artist. That I just recently discovered on Sunday, I went to, uh, there's this place called the White House, um, in the South downtown area. Um, and they do, it's a guy that, uh, uh, he's like, like the musical director of the Cirque du Soleil show in downtown Disney. And he has this performance space in his house. And so he opens it up and local acts play there every once in a while. And you can see his in his house in his house he's actually built a performance space into his home he invites people into his home every sunday majority of the space of his home is a performance space is a is a is a hall if mm. you will it's very cool very cool very very in like underground very like how do you Greenwich. how do you get in um you gotta know somebody oh i'm on the list Oh. I'm on the mailing list. Uh, no, but we went and there was actually this this uh, this artist, um, actually a, a group of artists, and together they made up uh, Chakra Khan, very much like Shaka Khan, but <laughs> Chakra like aligning your chakras. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why are you like hoing at that? It's a little amusing to me. <laughs> is this is this two puns? Oh, another pun! Oh my god, is this two ah. puns that he's laughing? At? What is happening to you? Al's going to come in next week with a list of like 30 puns. That oh he's my come God. Up with. He's, like, <laughs> he's just going to start shooting them out. What's happening to me? Oh my God. Um, but no, they were, they were incredible. They were wonderful. And I just, to me, it's, um, I have a hard time discovering new music, much like Al. I'm stuck in my own era, whereas Al only listens to the Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20. And Bare Naked Ladies. And Bare Naked Ladies. Hooting the Bullfish, Blues and Traveler. And Hooting yep. the Bullfish and Blues Traveler. Um, I only listen to, and I think Creed. we brought it up last week. I do not listen to Creed. Nobody listens to Creed. Nobody listens to Creed. Uh, we brought it up last week, but I, I'm stuck in like Hawthorne Heights and right. like brand new and Taking Back Sunday. And, um, so to discover new music for me is a big deal. And uh, I actually, I, I have a better time doing that finding it live so uh chakra con they're on spotify they are on youtube um and it's just it's really feel good uh love yourself kind of music and cool it was neat and i liked it very cool wonderful that's all all right uh scott why don't you go next this is gonna shock you guys i'm gonna plug the orlando weekly <laughs> august, uh, august 16th uh stories coming out but if you want to find anything to do in orlando you know on a weekend somewhere to eat somewhere to drink somewhere to listen to music that's your go-to newspaper so yeah go and check it out yay 
As always, you can find me at EpicEventsOrlando.com for all your DJ service needs. And uh, I've actually got four that I'm going to hit in real quick succession. First, credit to Dan. Uh, I finally got the chance to start watching Turn, uh-huh. uh, AMC show about the American Revolution and the spies Very and the things cool. like that. Oh, God, that's so good. I just so wish cool. I wish I had a little more time to watch it. I've only... I just... It, yeah, I'm, I'm still like I think I mean I don't I don't even know if I've cleared episode two yet, but I watch it. I'm think like they're on season four. Right I've got now. so I've got some watching to do. Is what you're telling me? Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, next, I just want to plug Ducktales again because <laughs> it was it was awesome. Uh, third, uh, for those of you who uh, prefer your board games in the 14 hour variety, um, <laughs> Twilight Imperium, <laughs> which is the I know it just I just blew producer Dan's mind. <laughs> no, it sounds <laughs> like the worst punishment of all time. <laughs> Here's how we describe the Twilight Imperium. If you wanted to play Twilight Imperium, I own, there's three editions. I own all three, and I've, I've played this game a whole bunch. If you want to play Twilight Imperium, yeah, if you want to play Twilight Imperium, what I tell you is that you have to go watch a 45-minute YouTube series to learn how to learn how to play. Oh, God. This is how Cersei would have me killed. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you don't learn the game watching the 45-minute YouTube video, but you do learn about it so that when I go to teach it, you can actually learn it. Like, and the game legitimately lasts 14 hours. Do you get paid? <laughs> so... <laughs> So what I here's what here's what basically happens when uh, somebody expresses an interest. I tell them that they go have to watch this thing to learn how to learn how to play, and you get two reactions. You either get uh, uh, what Dan's doing answer, right now, uh-huh. or you get the other side goes, "I'm in. Send me the link." <laughs> so it's really easy because there's only like room for six or so people. Hey, watch this. Al approach me about doing this. No. So <laughs> the uh, so Twilight Imperium dropped its third edition several. I mean, a hundred years ago or so, uh, and they haven't done anything in a long time. But they've just announced they're going to be releasing Twilight Imperium four, and it's getting up, coming up available for uh, pre-sale by the way dan in case you're not sold yet let me go ahead and get to the next one price tag on this game give me go ahead let's let, let's let's do uh, oh, let's um, do a little round of the price is right the price is right so this is close to the actual retail price without going over what do you think the game's coming in at oh i have to pay them no 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 yeah you have to pay. <laughs> dan wow. what would you what would you guess it at oh forty dollars forty dollars scott 75 75 one dollar you're that bitch huh <laughs> Uh, and the actual retail price for Twilight Imperium coming to you courtesy of Fantasy Flight Games is $149. <laughs> the winner is Scott. You're coming to a showcase showdown. <laughs> I called so, it for the episode. I called it. <laughs> I got the F-bomb. <laughs> it's always an exciting day when somebody other than Al gets the one F-bomb that we're allowed per episode. <laughs> so the uh, $149 is what it costs for this version of the game, meaning that if I, if and let's be honest, when I pick up this game, <laughs> the grand total that I will have invested into Twilight Imperium comes out to something around $400 dollars that I've dropped into this one game between the three editions and everything else. Now I've purchased these over a long period of time. Oh, honey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we um, need to talk about life choices. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that seems like a lot of money, but if you figure that I played Twilight Imperium at least two or three dozen times, and you... Oh, that's you, so much time of your life if it lasts 14 hours. Right, exactly. So you start doing the math on this, and I'm actually getting a pretty good value for the money. So <laughs> It's like a dollar a minute. <laughs> really? Oh, Lord. So anyway, Twilight Imperium 4 is dropping. So for those of you who are more <laughs> on my side, uh, and the last bit I have to plug is just... I'm going to plug you a, a bourbon because it was amazing. <laughs> Um, just bourbon in general? Yeah, well, just yes, all plugging bourbon. Bourbon. But uh, Angel's Envy. Oh, you've never had Angel's Envy before? I had Angel's Envy for the first time. Mm, uh, Angel's Envy's good. Let me tell you what. I spent a Saturday drinking bourbon and playing Overwatch with two other grown men. 
and it was the best goddamn Saturday <laughs> I've had. So uh, also shout out to my wife for being amazing <laughs> because I got to spend a Saturday afternoon drinking bourbon and playing Overwatch. <laughs> And it was amazing. Anyway, uh, I think it's going to do it for uh, us. No, it's not. How dare you? First of all, damn it. It is. First of all, my mother is on a cruise right now. You know why? Because it's her birthday. So we're not going to skip huh. this on this the week of her birth. All right. But she is on a cruise, so she wasn't able to text me a joke. Okay. So, no, so I'm going to tell her. Haven't all, we had enough puns I'm, today? <laughs> I don't know. Al, what if he laughs at a third pun? Oh, boy. Not going to happen. No, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell my mother's all-time favorite corny joke in her honor on this, the week of her birth. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't cannibals eat clowns? Because they taste funny. Once again, folks, we want to thank you so much for uh, being a part of everything today. Please make sure that you're checking us out and supporting us on the Patreon, on the Facebook page, on all of the pages and things that you can do that. Our uh, technical director is Elijah Leffel. Our our music comes to you courtesy of RoboRob through the folks, fine folks over at the End Radio Network. Um, Join us next week when our topic will be Nobody Has Any Idea. And until next week, this is Al Sterling saying, I'm known to be trifled with. That is all you ever need to know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ames on Thrones. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I, good. I did it. You, you did, did a it. thing. You said all those words. <laughs> I did a thing. And I said those words. Uh, we are back in the studio. Producer Dan is back. From- I love the way that she looks at us when she does the intro. It's always amazing. Yeah. <laughs> just like, am I, am I doing okay? Lo- is this okay? <laughs> you should, of course, unless, of course, you're just joining us for Ames on Thrones and you didn't just listen baby. to the podcast. There we go. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But also yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So if you're joining us, uh, if you're joining us right now, we're live streaming. Woo! which is exciting if mm-hmm. you're not joining us now you're listening to this not live so mm-hmm. that's also cool <laughs> greetings in the future. these are these are the facts we appreciate you either way we do but we appreciate the people watching live more <laughs> that's true that's, that's good. I, I mean wow. that's not devotion favorites uh so yeah so we are rolling into episode five you should introduce the rest of us oh yeah al's mm-hmm. here it's al hey the host of so, the, the regular show no yeah. and i guess also this one Mm-hmm. No, you're no. Still, this is yours. This is, is the co-host. This, this is, is mine. Oh, this this is Ames on Thrones, yeah. not, not Owls on Thrones. Not Owls on Thrones. <laughs> That's a different show. It's a very different <laughs> show. The, the <laughs> name was already taken, and we really weren't. We didn't want to. We didn't want to go there. But is it Owls on Thrones? But there's both. And neither one of them are good. Introduce <laughs> the other one. Anyway, uh, we have our our. What did we What did we say? Our senior um, resident. Senior, smart, senior Egyptologist. Smart person about Egypt. That was our senior That's Egyptologist a, correspondent. Senior like Egyptologist. Smart person about Egypt. Correspondent. <laughs> smart person about Egypt. Back. Uh, Sarah is back with us because, uh, little known fact, Sarah and I watch Game of Thrones together every Sunday. That is a and, little known fact. Not a lot of people know that. And we both look at each other before each episode starts and we say, all right, let's not talk over the show. And then both we of do. us <laughs> just yell over the show the whole time. And it's great. And we hit each other like. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of that. Me and my it's, wife. It's and then awesome. I don't tell my new boss that I spend all of Monday looking at articles about the episode. <laughs> I definitely don't do that. I hope your new boss doesn't watch. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so cool. So uh, we're here to talk about stuff and things. Well, more specifically. Game of Thrones. (laughs) More specifically stuff and things about Game of Thrones. Right. I'm going to get better at this one day. I swear to God. 
I believe in you. We've been saying that for 125 episodes. <laughs> no, we've only been saying that since you got here. Go oh. ahead. Oh. All right. And so, this is episode five of Amazon Thrones. Okay, let's do a quick recap. Uh, Dan wasn't here last week, which I was not. He's very upset. First of all, how are you? How are you I'm doing? Good. I don't want to talk about last week's episode because we already talked about last week's episode, but mm-hmm. I know that you were hurting that you weren't here for last week's episode. I was very upset. Because, oh my God. Because of all the Because things. something finally happened. <laughs> yes. All the things happened. Uh, so last week we kind of closed it off with instead of playing Who Do We Think Dies, uh, I wanted to play Who Do We Think Saved Jamie, but then Al kind of mm-hmm. let us know about the whole leak of the episode and the script. And it was so obviously Braun. It and was obviously Braun. I so. had gone back and watched it like in slow mo, kind of, and you could tell by the hair. Yeah. And the outfit. Yeah. The outfit yeah. was the giveaway. So his proximity. So. I thought it would have been cool if it was Rickon, though. Dickon? Dickon. 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 But then we wouldn't have had our three-beat. Liz, we have a full three-beat that we can go through today. Can you talk about the three-beat again? We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the beat-by-beat. Beat. Let's get to the beat-by-beat. Beat. Okay, so starting off scene one, so we immediately know it was Braun. Guys, everyone, everyone, it was Braun. Braun saved Jamie. Good job. There we go. Uh, So it's pretty much like you, like you said about what what was leaked in the script is that Braun is carrying Jamie down the river. And And is apparently like the strongest person in Westeros. He's just plate mail. Yeah. Covered in plate mail. Gold. Golden plate. And that golden hand. It's got to be at yeah. least a 10 pound hand. This is. I saw that there was a guy who actually jumped into a swimming pool in uh, full, in full armor. Yeah. To try to simulate this and see if you could survive. Nah, you uh, did. Falling into the water in full armor. And he said that he, he, he basically said, yeah, you can. But he never made it more than like five feet. Underwater yeah. People I'm going to call, I'm going to call this out because we are, we are getting brawn, brawn, duh. Thank you, Andrew. We are getting some good, uh, some good comments here. I'll call out the good ones as I see them because, you know, we got to give them a shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie and Braun took the underwater people mover in the TARDIS pond. Nice. That's, which yeah. was my favorite part of yeah. last, last <laughs> episode and like i get why they didn't bother to now i look at this i realize why they didn't do the scene breakdown that they talked about where he's done he could see all these things because if we are forced to actually stop and think about this unless bronze secret name is michael goddamn phelps <laughs> mm-hmm. there's no way mm-hmm. he drug a guy that's bigger than him and covered in plate mail down the goddamn river without them both drowning right and beat a shark. so and, and they kind of and they kind of like there's like a throwaway line in there where they kind of like oh man like that was really hard because jamie he looks at Braun and goes, you could have died. Yeah. No, he Actually, says, you could have killed me. Oh, you could have killed me. Yeah. Which oh, is because he's a completely ungrateful prick. <laughs> what, you, could have, I just say, you could have killed me. Like, what the hell do you mean? You could have, you could have, if he could have killed you by not moving. If he just stayed out of the way of the dragon fire, yeah. that would have taken care yeah. of it. I mean, that's basically the entire conversation. I'm trying to end the war. Did you not notice the dragon in between you and her? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. then like Braun is true Braun and he's like, have my money. <laughs> you ain't dying until I get paid. Yeah. You owe me a yeah. goddamn castle. Yeah. It's like, you're not, you don't get to kill you. Yes. I'm I, get, I get to kill you. After I'm living in a fancy castle. Until uh. I get what I want, you don't get to kill yourself. Do you, so, question. Yes. Does this foreshadow Braun killing Jamie? Uh, no, God, no. We, no, no. No. I'm saying it would be an interesting turn of events. No, I don't think Braun kills Jamie. I don't think Maybe Braun goes. I don't think Braun goes that rogue. I'm still. I'm go, still. We can't go into theories. Yeah, theories, later. theories are later. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's hard. I do it all I the time. I respect your craft. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My craft. I have a craft. I'm good at something, Mom. Um, so and so, you know. But again, I think this is this is an important scene for Jamie and and his characterization and and the change that we're still seeing in him. And you know, he kind of gets that. 
like, oh, that was only one of them. She yeah. has three. You know what I mean? Like, and he. This is the moment where he's like, "We've lost." And, and as far as he's concerned, this is everything that he killed the Mad King to prevent. Yes. Yeah. And it's just coming to life. Yeah. And the whole, you know, it's well. Just, he also didn't see it from the perspective that we, as the show people, like the show right. saw, as like she was burning the the wagon trails. In you know, there was a lot of debate whether the gold got into the castle. They very clearly oh, said it. it, but like yeah. a lot of people were like, "No, it didn't." And I was like, "No, it did." No, it's definitely but, like, in the castle. He was seeing it from the ground where he was seeing like hellfire and we're seeing it from a strategic right. point of view. So he right. was like he, reliving the mad King. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so he in was way, reliving that. And you know, so we see, we see that and we see him, you know, he's like, I have to tell Cersei like, like we're done for essentially is like, you can see it on his face. You can see it in his demeanor. He's, he's kind of, he's very defeated. You know, he mm-hmm. just watched all of his men get killed and burned alive. So, right. And then we get to see his brother walking through the ashes of the yeah. countrymen. Yep. Yeah. Know, because these are these are his people too. Yeah. And so we see this struggle with Tyrion too. Is that you know the the next the next the same part of the scene is Tyrion's walking through the battlefield through the ashes. Mm-hmm. You know we've had all this discussion about her not being the queen of ashes, and then we see Tyrion walking through the ashes, and you know it's kind of this air of like what has she done? What have I let her do? These are my people, and mm-hmm. I know that they're my enemy at this point, but. Um, but and <laughs> don't rack your afraid of water and their vision is based on movement i love movement. that that's awesome thank you job, thank nick. you for that nick um <laughs> you know and so i so that's uh that's very important as well and so we see him walking up and so we see that they've gathered the the survivors and they've gathered them all together and and we have this okay the cinematography of this scene this is a beautiful scene mm-hmm. when when they pan up to the dragon sitting on on the on the ledge on its no. roost, if so, you will. So, fun fact: that roost actually contains the same mushrooms that you find in Super Mario, <laughs> which I is really, why okay. the dragon suddenly got to Huge. two or three times its normal goddamn size. <laughs> and I've talked about this a few times with her. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, you see those dragon skulls in like the uh, underneath the red keep, and you're like, these things are so big. And then you see like Drogons, and you're like, that's not the same size, right? And, well, because like, he's a grown boy. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, and I totally get that, and they've totally actually, grown huge. But then, like, it, it changes. Like, right. you're, you're, it cha- mm-hmm. it really does. He's on that. He's, he's got the golden mushroom, and he's huge. Like that's she's on him, and you're like, his head's like the size of her torso. That's I like, mean, that's big compared big. to me. But, right, right, right. Like, it's not that big. I, they do. They messed around. Like, I think the Game of Thrones writers got together and said, "Okay, for this season, I'd like the theme to be fuck physics." <laughs> I think they got together with the Disney Imagineers and they were like, force perspective, just deal with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, earlier in the season when we when we encountered those uh, skulls for the first time, didn't they talk about how old some of those dragons were? Um, they, the, or in they the had, past, I know that we but have. But they, they had also, I mean... These, these the dragons are what, stuff, five years old? Well, I don't yeah, know. And in the it books, dep- they would say, like, oh, they can be all different sizes. But yeah. And you can't, I don't want to hear anything about time because those dragons by the end of this episode are possibly five years older, depending upon how long it actually took people to Yeah, look at how quickly people are traveling. I thought we were talking about that. 20. (laughs) I'm telling you, Westeros is New Jersey. I just, I've I've decided that. We just went from Hoboken to Cape May. That's all. That's it. That's all. all. I'm sorry. But that, but yeah, I don't, so I, this is more of Danny doing her thing and I don't love it. Oh, All there right, we go. Thanks. Valerian the Dread is 220 years old. There we go. He's got that Google in front of him. What up, Marco? <laughs> Marco in the house? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just really don't like Danny on her power trip stuff. This just. 
Yeah, and this this plays into the issue that I've had the entire season and how they're painting her. And I think it's I think it's it's eventually going to lead to her demise. She's gonna she's gonna get too cocky and she's gonna die. But um, so you know, so we see so she's got everybody gathered and she basically is forcing forcing them, you know, giving them a choice but not giving them a choice. She's like, you can bend the knee, you can you can swear fealty to me, or you can die. Oh well, I'll have the chicken, cake or death, <laughs> cake or death, well, cake or death, and, and like. <laughs> so my choices are or death, <laughs> and like ten guys kneel immediately. Welcome, welcome to Church of Daenerys. Right, <laughs> cake like, or death. Ten of these guys are like, oh yeah, I'm on my knee, no problem. Yeah, and then Drogon roars, roars, and like most of them go down. Also, now, only because they're trying to hide the fact that they pooped their pants. Right, <laughs> like ah, that's just shit. My question is, those first I sharded in my armor, <laughs> those first ten, fifteen guys, are they buying in? Or are they just scared to death? No, no, no. They're because smart. They probably yeah. just don't. It could be a both. They probably don't like Cersei. You know, that's what her right. whole speech is about. Well, and I agree with her, that speech. Right. That speech is- were they? Were 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 any of these guys actually drawn over to her side because of that speech and because of their dislike for Cersei and what has become of House Lannister, or was it purely holy shit? That's a giant dragon. I'm getting down. So, uh- and I think that's well. I think that's what this this portrays is that like she's using her she's using and abusing her power in this in this instance Mm -hmm. well and i think Mm -hmm. that she just never had a chance to like i think if she had had an opportunity to lead more as she was growing up then maybe she'd be an okay leader but right now she's just like i finally got everything i want and i'm gonna ruin it yes like (laughs) he got his blocks and he's like well and like but like we talked about with the attack she wasn't just blindly killing people she was being strategic She's got these guys, and she's giving them an option. But I think it's too focused. It's too like narrow. She's got like horse blinders on, and she's she is she's being a little brat this yeah. year. She's but on like, but on the one hand, though, like but it, I'm so torn because part of me is like, but but she, I mean, she gave them a choice. What yeah. were they supposed to do? No, no, what no, would you, you go have back done? to go back to Dan's point as to whether or not it was honest, uh, and those were honest. This is the True. problem when we talk about you know when you hear, you hear people talk about torture and how effective torture is. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: it doesn't matter because we'll never know. Uh, the second you threaten to roast me with that giant dragon that I just watched murder hundreds of my friends on just a whim. Oh, you just wanted me to kneel? I, I, I got it. Yeah, so, like, oh, that's all I can do. Look, I can kneel with both knees. Check this out. Seriously, Look man. how hard I can kneel. I can, <laughs> I can kneel, and then when you're not looking, I can just go on, Run. dude. I will, <laughs> I will well, be it, like Ed Sheeran, and you will never see me again. It's just really <laughs> confusing to me as, as, a, as an observer because I know that she wants to be this, like, mother she's misa and everything but then at the same time she's like well it's not working to be the nice lady anymore so i'm just gonna set it but here's the thing once you've kneeled now you're one of her people yeah yeah so and she's gonna treat them just as good as she treats all of her dothraki all of her unsullied everybody else yeah that's dumb that's a stupid stupid yeah it's too trusting right i mean everything in westeros is kind of dumb well they're gonna be surrounded by dothraki and their big scythes so here's the thing I'm also, sure. we were spending like 10 minutes on scene one, and there's 13 scenes yeah. in the show. No, I'm just going to say this. Dragonstone, <laughs> we did an hour 45 last episode. <laughs> Dragonstone has prisons. I'm sure that they've got some jail cells down there. Well, but she says why she doesn't want to give them the option to be in chains, because they'll all take that. It's the middle ground, and mm-hmm. you don't win wars when people choose the middle ground. Yeah. Sure you she do. ain't got time for that. Sure you do. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right. Anyway, so moving on. So um, whereas we thought we were seeing all this growth and development with Dickon and he was going to go on and do great and wonderful things, um, <laughs> Dickon has dicked off. Well, first, Randall Tarley <laughs> calls out Tyrion. He does. And puts him on blast. He does. Yep. He does. Um, 
so you know so so randall we see does not kneel and he gets called mm-hmm. forward and she asks him you know you will not kneel and he i already have a queen Mm-hmm. And, um, well, Tyrion kind of puts Randall on blast a little bit, yep. right. you know, and he's like, well, Cersei wasn't your queen and, and she murdered your rightful queen. And now mm-hmm. you want to swear fealty to her. You know, she's a monster. And, and then, and what is not great timing, uh, given the reality around <laughs> or, it, or is it, um, you know, R- Randall goes off about foreigners yeah. and that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't, I mean, you want to, you want to be proud of Randall for standing up for his beliefs, but when he starts screaming about foreigners, it starts to look a little weird. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Oh, well, oh, maybe. Uh, uh, uh. um, yeah. Yeah. But then we get our dick hey, and three beat walls. Don't keep dragons out. So our dick and three beat. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me more about your three beat here. This goes through the season. So early in the season, mm-hmm. we get uh, Randall Tarley introducing Dickon to uh, Jamie. Mm-hmm. And there's the whole Rickon. No, Dickon. <laughs> and then he introduces him to Braun mm-hmm. and Braun laughs his ass off. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he gets introduced to Daenerys. And Daenerys. we subvert the Daenerys, and we subvert <laughs> that expectation of, oh, ha, ha, his name is Dickon to, no, he's going to burn. Yeah. <laughs> it's no roast. longer funny. wiener roast <laughs> she has herself just, a little wiener roast um so, so yeah so that ends very quickly so we're not allowed to talk about like theories nope not until the end say, because no one in game of thrones has no purpose period and so mm-hmm. dickon had to have a purpose and i'm just saying it's that his brother's not in the nice watch anymore well that's, well and his I, brother's got his dad's sword Yo, we're gonna. Yo. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah but we'll. We well, but I mean, but Tyrion yeah. says that you know that this war has already erased one great house. Don't let it erase another. Like, don't be stupid. And Dickens, like, well, I'm an idiot, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go down in flames. <laughs> no respect. I don't, I don't. In a blaze of glory. I mean, first, let's be clear here. If you were to threaten me with like like a really bad Indian burn, I'm giving you up. Like I will turn, I will bend the knee very quickly. Man, like I don't no spine. No. <laughs> Sorry. When, it's, listen, it's listen. You know when you put your thumb in between your two fingers and you pinch the skin like that, you yeah. do that to well, Alan. He's like, ah, I swear fealty. I swear fealty. Seriously. Well, to, uh, but understand that that means nothing to me. Like I always oh, swear fealty. Are you turned around now? I'm out. Like I'm not going to, wow. you have no honor. Not dishonor on your cow. Dishonor. Dishonor. Listen. Thank you. Shame all you want. I don't give a damn. I mean to live. So the um. Uh, what if Eddie Murphy comes in as the fourth dragon? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm. Anyway. All I'm saying. I. I. But I. I do. I do personally. I, I still think it's. I still think it's. It's legit the way that they stand up and they go down. And I think that that is going to have repercussions. Uh, across the board because when you don't spare your enemies when you don't show your enemies mercy uh that sends a very very clear message and it is i think that that is going to be uh digon's legacy and so and, and, and Randall tarley's legacy well it's interesting to me too that the, the the two people that she does decide to show no mercy on are two quite important people in the realm because everybody else bent the knee though yeah well and we'll get to it later but this episode clearly shows us the difference in Danny's thinking and to Sansa's thinking. I was yeah. say, cause yeah, it's a clear juxtaposition of Absolutely. what's happening in Winterfell where they're like, take your castle back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so that happens. So, um, the Tarleys get roasted and then we move on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next scene we, we cut to, uh, Jamie is back. He's in the red keep and he's, he's all like, PTSD out, and he's walking into Cersei's chambers. Uh-huh. And um, does anybody else think that Quiburn just needs to keep showing up? Because like, I do think I feel like he has like a contract obligation, right? Because <laughs> he just has to like he like they, well, he, no, because he's got Varys's little birds. 
Right. But so no. they're, they're his little scouts, and he's reporting back to her. She already knew that they had been roasted before Jamie got there. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But, I mean, as far as what he does in each episode, like, he tends, like, the past several episodes, he's just been, like, he's got, like, one line, but he just shows up in the scene. Like, he's obligated oh, to he's be... got that series regular credit. He's getting paid. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's he just has to scene. walk by. He has to, like, walk past somebody in the hallway. Like, Did you guys see the theory last week, by the way, just to, to throw something real quick, uh, about uh, the woman in Winterfell? Oh, I did. The mm-hmm. one, yeah, the uh, yes, I did. During Wait, the this scene, is, this the, is. Are we are we jumping into theories here? No, 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 no. This is just a really quick thing, and it kind of gets touched it's on continuation. later. Continuation. But uh, last week during the fight, the the, the sparring scene. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Through the open doorways, you could see a woman with auburn hair and a green dress walking by, and everybody was kind of guessing that this was a ghost of. Uh, Catelyn, or Lady, it was Lady, Lady Stoneheart, Stone, or, or it was going to be some crazy thing. And this episode, I think we've got that kind of nixed because it's that it seems to be the lady that uh, Littlefinger's talking to. Yeah, I was going to say they also do that with so, the we'll get there. the yeah. Cer- Cersei's servant in the Red Keep, uh, the one that now has the short haircut that you all were making fun of the yeah. other day. <laughs> she was she's been in every season. Mm-hmm. She's changed her dress and she's changed her look every season, but she's been in every season and she's been a servant in the Red Keep. So they're doing something like that. So we, yeah. we, I'm waiting for the spinoff where we just do like the service of the Downton Abbey thing. And we just do <laughs> <Yes>. the <laughs> flea bottom the series. Oh, exactly. God. <laughs> Can you imagine what they have to Great. say? So anyway, so, uh, so we see. So, we s- <laughs> <laughs> so our, our, uh, that's good. <laughs> Lady Stone Extra. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was good. Focus up here. What's up? What, what, oh, okay. Focus. No, but this is very important. Okay, so what Lady Stoneheart? No, this is very important because if if no one has read the books, nobody knows who Lady Stoneheart is right. because we did not do Lady Stoneheart in the series. So to give our our viewers and our listeners a little background, if they are not readers of the series, Lady Stoneheart was a storyline that stemmed Spoilers. in book four mm-hmm. um, after the Red Wedding, after um, Catelyn was murdered at. Um, the phrase with you know the twins um, at the red wedding. Um, Arya has a warg dream where she, in her dream, wargs into Nymeria, and Nymeria pull as Arya as Nymeria pulls Catelyn's body out of the moat, and then Thoros of Mir finds the body, and they resurrect Catelyn Stark. And then she starts like killing people as zombie Catelyn Stark, and she goes by Lady Stoneheart. And we thought this was going to be like a really badass storyline, mm-hmm. and it never went anywhere else in the books. And they did not introduce it into the show. Thank God. So there we go. So there you go. That's Marco. That is uh, that is who Lady Stoneheart is. It's Catelyn Stark. Um, so anyway, so moving on. So Jamie and Cersei. Uh, Jamie goes to Cersei after the battle to tell her that we just got fucked mm-hmm. up, uh, and she's like, "Yeah, I know." No, her first, her first words, her first words. How many men did we lose? Mm-hmm. Like, just listen, the numbers. Just give me the facts. Well, listen, I mean, she needs to know that. Like, when I listen, when I come home, to. when I come home from work after a long day, my wife's first question is not how much money did you make today. <laughs> my wife says at least, hi, honey. Nah. Okay. And then she but, says, how much money did okay, you make? But today? this is, is your important. wife. Are you waging war at work when you're like? millions of people's hey, lives hey, on the line the work that we do is very important his former boss is watching the chat right now oh he's still actually accurately my boss hi oh uh, his, his current boss i'm you can do whatever you want but it worked but you're like millions of people are not dying for you yes, but work. you're also well not not to their knowledge but um 
I, I just, I'm like, it's just, I, I think it speaks to their relationship though, because you no, it see speaks that to Jamie, the fact that that Cersei is a sociopath, right? Because you, you see that Jamie still genuinely cares for her, whereas for Cersei, as we'll discuss much later in the episode, for she Cersei, does not love no. anything. No, or she's anyone. she's not complete, She's like a one one thousand percent sociopath. Like all she cares about is watching the world burn. Or like, come under her control. Yeah, so, yeah, that's all she. That's wants. all I was. So I'm mean, go ahead. So you know, so so we see this interaction between them. He tells her she's very strategic about everything, and you know they get into this discussion. Jamie is essentially pleading with her, like we have to surrender. We're not going to win this. She's going to come destroy everything and you know and i I thought this was a very powerful line when they're talking about everything and and cersei's arguing and she's and she looks at jamie and she says you know um we our choices are we fight and die or we submit and die i know my choice a soldier a soldier should know his god i hate when she does that Mm -hmm. oh but it's so good but she's such a sociopath but it's you know what i mean and it's like like, what would you do in that situation? Because if they do surrender, what's going to happen? She's dead. Yeah. No one's going to let her live. Run? To mm-hmm. where? There's a big there's wide other world countries. Out there. yeah. there's, there's other countries, guys. Yeah, no, this is, yeah. This is and true. there's no Dothraki over there anymore. <laughs> so. right, they're, all, they're all in Westeros now. <laughs> so it's just a really cool plane where you can just like hang out and sleep. Like, sleep there's plenty in the of room to build yeah. castles. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying, there's, there's, there's options here. But, you know, but you're right. But her but pride, her pride won't let well, her. No, and of her course, pride will never yeah. let her do that. She's a lion. It would also uh, make her really. the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> it would also be rather anticlimactic if then, you know, Cersei and Jamie left and then. Danny won and everything was fine. Yeah. Like that's she still got. What if that's the big twist of the show? Is that it just ends like, like where everything falls into place, like like peacefully? Like oh, so we can just have turns this. out the White Walkers uh, just need hugs. Yeah, they just are bringing everyone ice cream. <gasps> that's like why they have SpaceX. to bring the cold with them so it doesn't <laughs> melt mm-hmm. on the way home from the store. Oh my god, this is. Yeah. Right now we're into theory. Yeah. <laughs> the other great thing in this scene is her finding out about Lady Elena yes. being the one yeah. truly responsible for killing uh, Joffrey. Yeah, and it's like she like, but, but even but even still, even her. still, it doesn't change anything for her, and she cares a little bit. But then she still, you know what I mean? She's still like, she still hates her brother. Yeah, she still hates Sansa. Well, but at first, like whatever. At first, she's just no, that's not it. I don't believe you. And then he goes into the whole, who would you rather have? be shacking up with your daughter yeah joffrey or toman yeah and that look of realization on her face like but he oh, no, no, but, but but he he pads that though yeah because he doesn't i mean just jeffrey or toman that's a pretty easy joffrey or toman's a pretty easy choice mm-hmm. but then you could see him almost as like a afterthought says one she can control rather than yeah one was torturing and raping yeah you know mm-hmm. so yeah so there's that okay so moving on um so Danny returns to Dragonstone, mm-hmm. and uh, John and Drogon have the most adorable "How to Train Your Dragon" moment ever. <laughs> oh my god, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking the whole time. I actually just really, I really liked the way that John was pre-brooding. <laughs> he was just pre-brooding. like pre-brooding. Uh, <laughs> dragons are coming. Like just, just gonna. <laughs> that dude wakes up and broods. He <laughs> did. He I just, know, but he does it real attractive. He wakes like, up in the morning. So. <laughs> breakfast is coming. <laughs> 
Is that you, John Stone? That's my John. That's all I can do. Uh, I think- so really, really, really side side note tangent. Me, my brother and I were in a restaurant one time when I was up in New Jersey visiting him, and our waiter looked I've very much like John Snow. And uh, as we were waiting for our food to come, my brother just leans into me and goes, "Dinner is coming." <laughs> and I laughed for fifteen minutes straight. Anyway, um, I want to meet that waiter. So the he's, so he's pre-brooding, yeah. and, so then he's the pre-brooding and then Danny flies up in the Dragonlands, and you know we see kind of this, and and even Danny's very puzzled, like, oh well. Well, shit. What do we make of First that? First off, I she can my... barely see over the damn Wait, neck. Yeah, she's like, what's happening? What's which, happening? Which harken back to last week's conversation about the fire mm-hmm. at, the, at the battle that she couldn't see what she was doing. Well, um, no, but I think, I think this is important, though, because I, 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 from a cinematography and from a directorial perspective, that was a really odd choice to me. Mm-hmm. To take this from the POV of Danny and to repeatedly, not once, not twice, but at least on three separate occasions, specifically show how Danny couldn't see exactly what was I going they, on. I, and I think what they're doing there is showing that the dragon, while under her control with the whole like telling him when to fire and stuff, has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's not she's choose. not telling him so like so so the point so the like, point of this I don't is know to if demonstrate you ever read uh, the Aragon series yeah. um, with the dragon riders and that but like the the dragon chose the rider or whatever so like in this case like kind of like like that, Avatar like, yeah, yeah, one yeah, more thing yeah. that Avatar stole <laughs> well, Pocahontas but, in space uh, <laughs> so are we so I mean so the, I mean, we're like, saying that the point of this scene was to show the that dragon Danny wasn't is, in control the, the dragon was making the decision the dragon was saying <sighs> hey I kind of he's I can smell the Targaryen yeah the you. point of the scene was to show that the, <laughs> yeah. the dragon was recognizing blood of my blood no no and I get like all game recognized game know what I'm saying what, no I, I get all of that from from why they have the scene with, with, with John and the dragon and they're touching and all of that what I think is interesting and odd though is they're they're three times going to show that from Daenerys's perspective, and specifically that Daenerys couldn't see what was going on. And, and I, I honestly do think that that's what it is. I think that's I really what the other the other thing really. I think the other thing that's terribly important here is that this makes three people who have touched the dragons, yes. and only mm-hmm. three people. Yeah, and it's the three people that everyone. It's thinks the three are people the that we've all been calling out, right? Or the no, or or possible, uh, or all possible. The I mean, heads of the be, dragon, or whatever. Well, I know, rumored to be Targaryens. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, yeah. Jon Snow is pretty obviously a Targaryen at this point. Tyrion, I think, it's is still the, a little bit shaky. But it's, yeah, it's on not on solid ground. But <laughs> Bran can change that in a five second weird creepy time with Bran conversation. So <laughs> creepy time with Bran. Yay, creepy time with Bran. <laughs> we're not there yet, but we're almost there. I'm sorry. I um, listened to your episode when I'm so, not on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. Show so, me where he touched you, Drogon. <laughs> <laughs> Show me on the doll where Jon Snow touched you. <laughs> Um uh-huh. so so Danny hops off the dragon after they have this very touching moment um no pun intended and um you know they That's start he you know John asks her you know how well, how, how was your trip honey <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm home I felt like immediately as soon as she saw him touch the dragon like she attraction no, she, she did. By the time she climbed off, she had seen that he had touched it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, no, she yeah. did. She okay. absolutely did. Okay. She knew. By the time she was off, he was still touching him. Yeah. And <laughs> nope. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Glaze right over keep that going. one. <laughs> but it felt like the attraction level, like boosted immediately. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, also, for sure like she's been like, into hey, him. She's been into him since the cave, like, at hey, least. Hey, baby, but all of a sudden she was like, my "Oh, my dog likes you too." Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> if my cat this doesn't is, like you, you get out. Yeah, this, I mean, this is this is just one hundred and one here, man. You're, yeah, wait a minute. Do you you're see waiting it? for the girl, and her kitten comes by. You play with the goddamn cat when do, she's do, I was gonna out. say, do you see the do- the the dragons as dogs? Because I see them very much as cats. Oh, I see them as dogs. Oh no, they're cats. They're very fickle. Both. 
It doesn't matter. The po- whether dogs. it's dog or cat, you make sure that you're petting the goddamn pet when it, you know, when, when she comes mm-hmm. back out of the goddamn red. That's yeah. what you do. Yeah. So, you know, so they start talking and, and she, you know, he asks her what happened and she says, I have, well, first of all, I love the whole, you know, beautiful, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And he's like, gorgeous beasts. And she's like, uh, they're not beasts. They're my children. And he's they're like, babies. you know, and as soon as he sees Sorry. that he's offended her, she's like, he's like, oh, beautiful is not the word that I would say. But yeah, I totally agree yeah, with you. Because <laughs> he kind of realizes, like, oh, God, she's so <laughs> sensitive with the shit. Calm <laughs> <Right? laughs> your ass down, like, woman. She's like puberty level sensitive, right? She really? Like, well, is. I mean, really? how old is she now? Like seventeen? Yeah, yeah, or it's eighty-seven. So... It depends yeah, on how time no passes in Westeros. Because we have no idea how much no... time is passed. Um, Ninety-two. So we saw what Melisandre looked like. <laughs> this is true. very true. <laughs> Ugh, spoiler alert, everyone's a thousand and five and they just have magical gonna, necklaces on. Are we ever going to get the answer for that? <laughs> New theory, Westeros is Jersey and the, the sea is like the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, they, they start they start talking and he, she talks about how she has fewer enemies than she did before she left. And, you know, she he's not all, sure if he's happy about that. Well, that's, uh, and, you know, and then they have the discussion about how he took Winterfell back and how many men did he have to lose and how many men did he have to kill. And, you know, we we make these sacrifices. And she has a point. This is, and the, where, this whereas, is, the, this is the A-bomb argument. Yeah. And this is where where whereas I haven't really agreed with her attitude this entire season. That was probably the most clarity I've seen from her in this regarding this whole situation. Well, and she's not going to take the throne without casualties. It's not going to happen. And we found out last week or over the last two weeks, really that she hasn't had a competent military advisor on her staff. Yeah. You know, if Tyrion's the best she's got, obviously he has not done so well lately. Yeah. And as soon as she stopped listening to him, she won a battle. Right. And now Sir Friendzone is back. Ugh. And he gets to take over that role. Enter Sir Friendzone. Dude, can we call him like, well, maybe. Sir Cockblock? <laughs> but, well, that's what he's hey, turned into and now. And he got the memo to wear all black. He did. Uh, uh, nah, she's not in all black anymore. Well, she's got her little she's cape, her but everybody else. Red, yeah, but that's important. Everybody else because around if, her. If well, nothing I think else in Game of Thrones. More importantly, important. more importantly, yes. before he shows up, he walks up at a very pivotal moment because she looks at him and she she readdresses the whole knife and the heart thing because she yes. knows something's up. And I feel like she kind of wants to share like, hey, I died, too. <laughs> 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 I didn't die, too. Um, you know, and he walks up just as John's about to, because she asks him, you know, was that a figure of speech? And John goes, uh, cause right. John like can't lie. He's too stupid. Like his father, you're stupid. Right. Like your father, stupid like your father. <laughs> My father was a great man. <laughs> um, you know, and so we see Sir Dora walk up and she gets all swoony and John gets all broody and, you know, we see a little, okay. we see a little man jealousy pop up here. I think well, with the swoony thing, like, I don't think she gets was romantic, she, well, no, 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 but, but there was, there was hints of that, but I was confused because I don't feel like I ever remember her being that affectionate towards him. And like she is, was friendly with him in the past, but I like this time it was well, like, Oh, and when she sent him away though, she'd never thought she was going to, I think she, again. I think when she sent him away and ordered him to find a cure, I think she was saying goodbye to him and she thought that he was dying. So I think what we're seeing is somebody seeing a friend yeah. come back from the dead. She was saying, I don't want to watch you die. So I, here, I'm going to come back to this idea then, because I think that we, we've had these points where we've seen Danny act considerably out of character for this entire season. Not just, I mean, it's partly in the way that she just becomes much more difficult to deal with. Partly in the way that she interacts with folks like, 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 like uh, Jorah here, mm-hmm. but, but when she talks explicitly about her underlying motivations and reasonings, they line up, not just with her character, but with common sense. So, yes, I had to murder these folks. I had to, you know, the, the, the Tarleys had to go because 
I, you don't have any choice. I can't afford to look weak. Yeah. You know, I'm saving a lot of lives by roasting these two poor guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is this a situation where the problem here has to do more with the writing and the direction or maybe even the acting as opposed to the actual story itself? That's know. a big was... question. And I think what it really comes down to is a matter of time. We only have two episodes left in this season. We have, what, six ex- ex- uh, next year, and they're going to be extended. But We've got three. We've got three left. We have eight total. Yeah, no, We have two left this week, this year. We're we only had... on episode five. There's, yeah, there's eight seven. episodes. No, there's, there's seven? seven? I thought there were freaking eight. Jesus Christ. No, there's seven. And, yeah, so we're almost done. This is just, they're, pu- they're putting their foot on the gas. When the, the, the Double Bs took this show, they said, okay, we've got this great story that we love. We're going to adapt it. We're going to make it amazing. And by the time that we get there, George will have caught up to us. Nope. And he hasn't. He dropped the ball on them. He gave them some bullet points, and they're having to fill in the rest and get this done fast. Yeah. So you, so, so you're thinking this is a product of how of them having to rush? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I'm I'm okay with that. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So. So Sir Cockblock. So Sir Cockblock shows up, and uh, and that's kind of the end of the scene. And we see we see John bow up a little bit, and uh, then we cut to creepy time with Bran. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we see you know this flock of ravens, and we see their eyes doing the creepy Bran blinky thing. Mm-hmm. Uh. So obviously. So are we doing? Is he controlling the entire flock? That's what I wondered. I think Can he, he no. jumps into just, multiple. Is he like, yeah, he's jumping between he's different just, ravens. Don't right. you just take need the one at the front and everybody falls? I guess he needs right. a better vantage point. Isn't that how birds I work? Well, I kind of took well, it. I kind of took it as he was somehow because he is now because he's not just brand warging into things because he is now the three eyed raven. I took it as he was able to warg into the entire flock, and I think we see that. Uh, so we see them flying over. We see them. So this is this is a this is a reveal of where the the army of the dead is at this point, and, and how they're how big it is, alarmingly close and alarmingly large. And um, you know, and I think we see the Night King obviously knows what's up. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he looks directly at the flock of ravens. The murder of ravens. It's a murder. Murder. It, yeah. A murder. Um, no, it's a murder of crows. It's a murder of crows. Oh, right. Is it also a murder of ravens? No, no. they're different. Anyway, at the, at the, are huge. At the warg of ravens. Funny thing with Bigfoots, it's a footlocker. <laughs> I, I hate you, you so much. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke. <laughs> <laughs> Please go. Please continue. So, uh, and, and the Night King looks at the ravens and... and and to me, this is this pisses me off about Bran because he and, and I don't know if this is if we're supposed to interpret this as the Night King and his powers and it and he's able to kind of like control Bran a little bit or if Bran is just that freaked out by him. But every time Bran, maybe it's because the Night King can see Bran when he's worrying into things like he sees through the illusion, like he knows that's Bran in the Ravens. He knows it's Bran when he's in the flashbacks. You know sure. what I mean? Um so the night, king, the night king can, mm, mm. true. So the night king can see him. I see what you but, said. But why can't <laughs> why can't Bran keep his cool? Like that's like that made me so angry. The night I king looks at the flock of ravens and they scatter. And it's like if you just kept flying, it would look like a normal flock of ravens. No, 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 and you just gave yourself away. Would you stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, because it's like uh, the whole Voldemort can't touch Harry Potter thing. The Night King got a hold of Bran, was able to get into the tree, ruin the tree. Yeah. I think it's 
jacked up the wall now because Bran went under the wall. But it's the whole thing. He sees through it. It does his his magic has no effect there. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. I told, that's that's the impression that I got as well. Is that he 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 stops Bran's ability. Okay, he, so we see that as like he he's making him. it stop. It's not Bran going. Wub. Right. Yeah, no, Bran didn't get scared and like jump out of the bird. It was like, I don't, ah, crap. Oh, yeah. I, don't think okay. Bran, I don't think Bran experiences emotions anymore, so I don't know if fear is really a big motivator for him. Chaos is a ladder. My name is the three-eyed raven. Yeah, hey, Bran. Creepy stuff. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of it, and then Bran looks at the current maester of Winterfell and says, we need to send ravens. Yeah. Yo, I agree with the teleport comment. Yes. <laughs> he, the Night King did not get the memo on teleporting this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the dead are the only ones that move at the same speed that everybody moved in season one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I love this too, well they're then, on foot. They don't have speedboats and jetpacks. <laughs> so this is, yeah, that, that was coming from Nick up in there and then Marco following it up too. Or they're just lost. I like this idea too. It's like there's a fucking blizzard, man. I have no idea. Right. He doesn't want to pull Wait. over I think we took a wrong right. turn in Albuquerque. South. The Night Queen is like, what you just asked the guy at the gas station? <laughs> Do they have Google Maps? That's Do we awesome. have female walkers? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because remember that one chick from last we don't, season? We have female. Like, well, hold on. Hold on. We have female whites. We don't have female right. night walkers. Hmm. There's a difference. There's a difference between whites and walkers and night walkers. Hmm. The whole, like the, like the night King and his merry band of creepy, Dead. creepy, frozen blue eyed people. Right. They are the night walkers. No, the, I'm sorry. The White Walkers. They are the White Walkers, but then the Whites are the are the reanimated dead. They're they're but two they different still have entities. Blue eyes. They still have blue eyes too, but they're but they're less. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Powerful. Sentient. Yeah. They're more. They're more zombie. zombie. You know, oh, we they only don't have a we, mind. Right. Like. Like a, we have I'm the leaders, that, like, we have okay. the leaders, we have the thinkers, like the like the White Walkers, and and I could, and I could be screwing up the terminology I only here. The Night King was the one that was like the the it. Night King, and then there's a couple more that have the long hair. Yeah, oh. How the, did I they and I'm pretty, his, and I'm pretty they're sure they're all the, on the rock there in the middle of the, the yeah the, the Night the King horde. and his generals and and, and, the, the, and the other soldiers. White. Yeah, okay. exactly. The W I G H T, and when again, like if you read the books and if you read the articles about this, the the Whites. Are the are the zombies the reanimated dead and the white walkers are the ones that create them? Yeah. The white walkers are what the children of the forest created. I'm doing a lot of a lot of like exposition here. It's yeah. almost like we're doing a breakdown on a show that has a book of series. Hey. Actually, sorry, look at us. That was my confusion. Um. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's that's good because people need to know these things. Uh, they need to not know nothing. They need to know something. Uh, so then we move on to the Citadel. Mm-hmm. And so we see the Maesters reading the message that Bran has just said that we need to send out. Uh, and they're all... So, okay. And the my, Maesters are dicks. The Maesters! I literally have that written in my show notes here. The Maesters are dicks. What does it say right here, Al? Maesters uh, are I, dicks. Yeah, I, I believed you. What yeah. up? I mean, that wasn't... I wouldn't call it the greatest insight to ever hit Amazon Thrones. <laughs> and I put especially Maester Mutton Chops. Maester Mutton Chops. I call out Maester Mutton Chops when I was watching. Damn it, Dan. We rock. We do rock. That's two high fives. Anyway, so, you know, so Sam, fi- we kind of finally see Sam get some, get some guff. And he's like, uh, excuse me. Uh, I've seen them. Mm-hmm. You guys should probably take this seriously. Been there. Right. And, um... Now, and well, it seems like the one that the one I don't know his name, the one that he's been helping, Maester Slughorn. Sure, yeah, Slughorn, <laughs> yeah, the um, Grandmaster. He he seems like you know he listened to what Bran said, but he was like, "Well, I'm with my friends, I can't." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, like I don't want to look uncool in front of my buddies because Sam's totally right in every way. Yeah, yeah, and like he can tell, he can see the gen- uh, in- 
Ingen- it's the, the genuine, genuine, the gen- gen- that word. Uh, <laughs> don't try to use it if you can't remember it. <laughs> Anyways, he sees how genuine Sam is, and he knows it from other conversations. But, <laughs> Gen- <laughs> Gen- Gen- oh, you broke out. Oh, oh, genuity? No, because in- ingenuity is the the genuineness. Oh my God. The genuine, <laughs> the genuineness of. <laughs> Oh Keep God, going. I'm Keep so going. Sorry. I have to look this anyways, up. Anyways, anyways, someone please help us. He sees us. Um, <laughs> the White Walkers are totally different. They are on the news. No, Ooh, no. Not, Keep no. going. We're not doing <laughs> that. Anyways, he sees um, how genuine he is, and he knows what he what he thinks he saw is he thinks he saw it, and but then his friends are all like <laughs> old timey wives' tales, and the, and so he's like, well, right. I'm, a, I'm the Grand Maester of the Citadel. I can't believe in mothers, you know, wives' tales and yeah. stuff like that. Not so, like but, there's dragons flying around. Around no, none of that. Right, like, but, but, but my, my question is, is like, how much do the maesters know? They, well, they, they have, know they have the hit, the entire history of everything. That's what upsets Sam. Well, and yeah. I think they're setting you up for mm. the next. Yeah. Scene so you know. So anyway. So Sam, Sam speaks up, and, and Archer Maester Ebros, by the way. Shout out to Marco. Thank you. I'm still yeah, going ke- to keep, keep calling. I'm still going to keep calling him Archmaster nope. Slughorn. Um, I can't do it. My brain broke. <laughs> but I do like that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, so then we find out that Sam still doesn't know about, or he hasn't found out about his dad and his brother either. Right. Yeah. The, the you know he leaves the room and they're like, oh, terrible business. Isn't that the one who's father and brother were just burned Which to death? Which brings me back to the is Sam now getting House Tarly? Well, I mean, so n- technically no. Technically no, because Sam d- still is, is in, in the, the Night's, Night's Watch, Watch, but so was John, and now John's king of the. But John North. died. John's watch has ended. My wa- my watch has ended. Yeah, but he could <laughs> abandon his his watch. He could. I, I mean, there's other guys in the Night's Watch have done it. Like if you read the books, there's other people who've abandoned it. Um, but I mean, yeah, and then Ned Stark cut their heads off. But but yeah. I mean, not, not, but not usually would, the heads of great houses. But that's the thing, though. Then you, it would set you up for Jon Snow to have the whole power of the Tarly Force on his and Daenerys' side. Theories. The We're in theories. We're into theories. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. Anyway, let's get to Tyrion not, and Varys. So yeah, so we so we cut back to Tyrion and Varys, and uh, Varys and, is drinking. <laughs> they're drinking about it. Yeah, Tyrion we, and Varys. Got Varys him. doesn't drink. I know, I know, not at all. And um, and I love it when he when he when he steals the wine from Tyrion and he yeah. kind of takes a sip and he's like, <laughs> and then his great speech about I'm not the one doing it. Yeah, you know. So so they're talking about Danny and, and Tyrion is talking about you know how he's like, well, I mean, what were they supposed to do? She gave them a choice and she did what she had to do. She you know what was she supposed to do? Well, clearly trying to convince. Yeah, himself. totally. Like like talking talking himself out of like his guilt and like oh my god, I just let her roast people alive. And uh, Varys is you know he goes into to, um, well, uh, first of all, I love that Varys is holding the scroll, and and Tyrion is like, "What is that?" And he's like, "It's a sealed scroll for the King in the North." <laughs> and and Tyrion's like, "Yeah, so what does it say?" And yeah, he, you know, right. and he's like, "Nothing good." But yeah. you know, Varys does go into that, that speech about when he was serving the Mad King and he was watching the Mad King burn people alive. He would just sit there and tell himself, "Well, I gave him my counsel, but I'm not the one doing this. It's him. I'm not the one doing this. It's him." And you know, it's it, it's kind of that whole you know she she's not leading alone. And they have a they have a hand, you know, not to like Tyrion is the hand, but they have a hand in in what happens with her role, and they could maybe be maybe 
control it better. But at the same time, I'm not exactly mad at what she's doing. I don't know. I'm very confused. Danny confuses me. Yeah, well, I both both storyline wise and sexually. I so. knew you were going to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> there, well, and I think there's a lot of I think there's a little bit of confusion from a storytelling standpoint, and I think it is a byproduct of how rushed this is. Yeah, because they don't feel like they have accurately communicated what they mean here. Because I mean, on one hand, yes, you see the dragon burning the people and, the, and, and whatever else, but they specifically they were burning soldiers. He, yeah. She does not burning castles. Yeah, and while it's hard, is it so hard? And is her actions? I don't think there's, there's nearly as much nuance here. Other, the only way that you really have any nuance with her character at this point is that she's just kind of being a bitch about it. And yeah. that's about the worst you can say. Because I don't think that she's doing anything that was terribly wrong, but they don't explain it well. And it's only when she explicitly says something, and she explicitly identifies her idea, which is weak storytelling to my mind. Well, I, I feel like they they made it kind of ambiguous to the point where... You have to decide, is she going too far or is she being pragmatic? Okay, and if they were doing that as an intentional storytelling device, I would say great. Which in the after documentary that they show, that's exactly what they said they were trying to do. I, yeah. I just, I, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't I've, feel I've like, they, I mean, lot. I know they say that. It doesn't right. feel like they earned that. It doesn't feel like they, they communicated that effectively. It feels very disingenuous. Well, hey, you got a red letter <laughs> word for today. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> A lot of the stuff with with Danny is it's it's about her actions, not about her words. You know, she's she is a woman of action. Yeah, well, she's a revolutionary. I think so, and I so think she's not going to explain herself. My, every my step. issue with and I understand that Varys lived through the Mad King and Tyrion didn't. He, I mean, he kind uh, no, meh. he didn't. You know, he's in King's Landing. Yeah, he was in King's Landing, but he wasn't there in the way that Varys was there. He was at Casterly Rock. Yeah, that's what I meant, Casterly Rock. Yeah, yeah, he they hadn't they hadn't taken King's Landing yet. Um, But I just I don't understand why they're like I I understand why they're so bugged out because of her relation, because of her lineage, because Mm -hmm. of her father, because of the family history. Mm -hmm. But she hasn't done anything outrageous yet. She that's what I'm saying. And I think they're trying to prevent they're, Maybe they're worried about trying to prevent her and be any various even says it like, you know, da- Daenerys is not her father and she never will be with the right counsel. Again, it's all a matter of perspective yeah. because from their perspectives, they heard from all the Lords from Essos about how she had, uh, strung up all of the masters and yeah. the slave owners. And wait, that's, that's kind of like us. Is what they're all thinking because, yeah, yeah. as much as they talk about like the Unsullied being this this group of slave warriors, every army in Westeros is a group of slave warriors. Yeah, none of these guys are doing this because they want to do it. Right, right. They're all doing it because they have no choice. Yeah. So when it's time to switch allegiances, they switch allegiances. Yeah. Some do. Yes, absolutely. Some, some do. So you know. So anyway, so we talk about the scroll and Varys. You know, obviously has read the scroll or. Yeah. mind read the scroll or whatever and um you know so then we move and john's reading the message and we see this you know he's like i thought i thought bren was dead i thought Arya was dead i can't not do my I, 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 voice. he seemed a little so a little too bummed out about them being alive my siblings are coming home <laughs> stop <laughs> it <laughs> you can't make that uh, a thing <laughs> oh it's a thing because i'm batman Oh, that's Al's thing. I can't say that. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so he's reading this message and, and, uh, um, did you say the name? <laughs> Martha, Martha, um, you know, and, and Danny's at first very like, Oh, I'm so happy for you. And John's like, brood. 
So my I favorite found siblings us. alive and well and right. I'm like, happy about so it. unhappy about it. But yeah. because because the message is, uh, is coming from Bran about what John has been talking about this whole damn time, like yeah. the army of the He's dead more is like about the army of the dead right outside our back door, guys. And there's probably a part of them that's like maybe if I hadn't left Winterfell, I would have been able to greet them. Right. Yeah. You know, it would have been right. kind of nice. To right. See them. You know, and, and I'm and I'm still worried about if John's going to get to see his siblings again. So, um, then we get to go see his siblings. <laughs> we get to go see his siblings. Um, so, wait, we're not, we're not done yet. Um, oh my goodness. We're not done yet. Um, well, there's just more points in this scene. So, so we see Jorah and John. So they start talking about leading this expedition into the North. We start mm-hmm. talking about how do we get Cersei on our side? How do we get Cersei to fight with us instead of, against us and they want to go off into the north and they want to capture a zombie. Mm-hmm. This is, I think it's the weirdest plan. This, this, this is so this, stupid. This turns left. This is so su- dumb. Right. Like, well, if you think back to season one, they tried to do this in season one with the hand. By, with the hand. They cut yeah. off the hand and they sent it south, but by the time that it got south, it was all rotted. Yeah, yeah. and so it stopped fidgeting. Right, so like, we need we need a whole... And everybody was like, ew, why did they... Thing. But yeah. What a gross prank. Very, it seems like a very childish Who ordered plan? a monkey paw? This, honestly, you know what this... It's you know so what this, childish. This feels like, like a bad Marvel villain, you yes. know? Yes, yeah. exactly it. Like, uh, well... You know what? Let me just take this present to mom. Like, right. Like, I just, well, like, like, like Loki and Avengers, you know, like you start to, if you start to think about at all what his plan actually is there or, or, uh, uh, uh what's his face? Um, there's several, most Marvel villains, you know, yeah. they just, they, this, this is a convoluted bass backwards plan that doesn't hold up with any real, like we're going to do what? And in order to yeah. do that, we're going to send who? Well, it's a desperation then, move. Well, and the, yeah. it is a very desperate move. But then the other thing is, so like, there's a couple things. Do they have to be cold since they're a dead body and they bring the cold with them? Do they have to be cold so they don't rot? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, what happens when that thing gets loose? Because you know they're not going to get that thing all the way down to the Red Keep. And then it's like, <laughs> you know. Actually, uh, um, I think, I think that's, that'll probably be fine. They've got the teleporter. I think it's good. So they're just going to zap him over there. Yes. I mean, that's strapped back. Just gonna, <laughs> jetpack on him. But, like, but straight up, like, so what if they get into the Red Keep and this thing, somebody drops its magic cage and it rolls down the hill, cracks open and starts, you know, attacking people. <laughs> and then all of King's Landing is whites like i mean and that's of course what i see happening like what else it's is just, the point of taking it there it's just i don't the whole thing is so weird and yeah. to think that jane that, that, that cersei's gonna go along with it is weird and to think that this is but it's not gonna happen it's never yeah, gonna happen it can't possibly it's, no, so, but, I get it, but we have a break in what characters we have a break in characters here we yeah. have we have characters well, doing things well here's the thing no, though they always make terrible choices here's what are you talking the thing, about? no no no. here's the thing though is that this this all stems from the giant pissing contest that John and Jorah are having because somebody Tyrion, I think is the one that makes like a, an offhanded flippant comment of like, how is Cersei going to even believe that this is happening unless we just like bring a white to her. And Jorah is like, Oh, that seems like a good idea. Let's go get one. And John's like, well, you're not going to go get one. I'm going to go get one. Well, and you've you got can Jorah. Have my bow. Who... You can have my ax. Yeah. But, 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 but not even like that. It's not even like they're like with each other. It's like hubris. It's like, well, you've got Jorah, who just came back from an impossible mission. Yeah. Go cure yourself of this. So he's got he's got Golden Boy syndrome. Jorah has mm-hmm. Golden Boy syndrome, and, and well, he's like he thinks he's not like the Mario zone. superstar. He, he wants to impress, right? Daenerys. And that, but that's what I'm saying is that like this turns into less about the fight against the Night King and like the fight for Daenerys's affection, and they're both like, "Well, I'm going to go save the day. Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. go save the day," and it's dumb. 
So anyway, so so Tyrion um, Tyrion wants to go to King's Landing and try and set up this whole thing. And why are you? You are so I, uh, this disgusted whole, by this whole story. This whole, okay, look, I'm gonna. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We need to convince Cersei to go along with this. Well, no, no, let, let's back up. Let's be a bit more clear. Cersei is a huge problem. What are we going to do? Well, I mean. We do have an army. We have Dothraki. We have all dragons. We have assassins. We have a whole number of options. But I think our best bet is to send her brother, who she hates, sneak him into King's Landing, where he's wanted, and a dwarf, and a very famous dwarf who is still incredibly wanted. Let's send him into King's Landing to meet secretly with his brother, who could honestly kill him on sight, convince him to go convince his sister that they're going to go ahead and bring a white zombie from the from the north all the way down there, because once Cersei sees it, that will somehow magically convince her. You know what else might work? Just kill Cersei. Thank you. Yeah. Like, how? We're going to risk the king in the north. We're going to risk everything to go maybe catch one of these things wandering off by itself. And what happens if they're all hanging out together? That's the other thing. How do they expect to grab one of these things? They don't. Right? They travel in packs, which makes me wonder about that one stanza line that was on the season trailer that was like the whole the lone wolf dies alone. But the pack continues. But like, where is she talking about John's the White Walkers? But like, straight up, like, speaking, what, how are you going to get one? Speaking just, of speaking, there's of Sansa, so many problems with this goddamn scene. Speaking of Sansa, so we're back at Winterfell. <laughs> so Sansa is <laughs> holding an audience with the Northern Lords, and she's being very diplomatic, you know, and she's listening to their concerns. And obviously, everybody's pissed that John hasn't come back yet. Uh, everybody loses sight of the fact that John's trying to like fight the big fight. And and they're very fickle. Everybody in the North is very fickle. I thought the North remembers. The, uh, the North forgets, <laughs> obviously. They're like, why did John leave again? We're mad at him. We don't like that guy. You should be our queen now. Like, Jesus Christ, guys. He's only been gone for three days. Three years. Four, Four years. Three years. 17 yeah, we have no idea. Months. We have no, we idea, have how no idea how long John's it's been It's actually gone. only been one episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which can, we have no idea how much time is passing between episodes. I think we just ha- I think I think you have the right idea. I think we have to base it entirely off of Cersei's hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which hasn't grown at all. Exactly. Right. So, so no time has passed. 30 seconds. So they're just apparating. Yep. Right. Um, so, you they know, so Sansa is <laughs> listening to them and she kind of just gives them a very like, I hear your... I hear your concerns, my lords. John cares about you, and he left because he wants us to be okay. Go or, ahead. Uh, the North remembers how to bitch. <laughs> Seriously. The North remembers how to complain about everything. Um, so, you know, so then we see Sansa and Arya um, go back into uh, which Ar- what Arya points out is mom and dad's uh, room. Mom and dad's room. Right. Uh, like, oh, you, the, their yeah. dad just And the just sibling moved in. rivalry is on. Oh, my God. And it's, you know, it's like the honeymoon phase is over. Uh, they were happy to see each other for about 30 seconds. And then we remember that Sansa and Arya never liked each like, other. Super not friendly. <laughs> super not friendly. Um, you know, and so we kind of see Arya. She has this misperception of her sister. Arya only remembers the girl that she left behind at King's Landing. Mm-hmm. And Sansa is older and a little bit more mature, but doesn't really know Arya at all she neither one of them know what the other has been through and and neither one of them have freaking talked about it that's what kills me so much is that you guys are sisters you'd think that everybody would have had a little catch-up sesh and that's again i understand that there's very important things going on in the world but like you think you would take some time to sit down and be like hey let's have some ale and like freaking talk about what the hell we've been through in the past however many years it's they don't been. have time for that 
this is what and, and this and this is one of my one of my most frustrating tropes. This is a frustrating is, uh, plot hole for me. Yeah, this is frustrating tropes where we don't we just won't have anybody have a conversation because one conversation unravels a whole lot of problems. A whole lot of problems. So we see, you know, we see and but and even Sansa calls Arya out on it because you know she's like, oh, mother and father's room, and Arya and Sansa's like, what? And she's like, nothing. She's like, don't freaking do that because Arya, for all intents and purposes, is still a teenager. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's, or she's 45. Or she's 45. We have no idea. She's a little moody. Um, you know, and and so they talk and, and you know, Arya brings up, you know, like, oh, you always liked to have nicer things than everyone else and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and that's that's not fair. That's not fair. And I think we're yeah. we're kind of being reminded because everybody, we've all been built up on this, on this whole, like, Arya's such a badass. Arya's such a badass. Arya's such a badass. Arya's still a child. Yeah. She's lived a lot in her short time and she's gone through a lot of experiences, but Arya is still a child and she's still got a very, shockingly enough, she came from the house in black of black and white. Arya's got a very black and white view on the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arya just wants to cut everyone's head off. Like well, Arya, Arya is just like, but they're showing that she's learning not to be just black and white. Like yeah. the whole Adjuran, uh <laughs> monstrosity they're showing, but she's learning much like we hated Jamie Lannister in the first episode for throwing a kid out a window. Now we're like, Oh, there's more to him. Like yeah. Arya is growing into herself, which is that's a murderous psychopath. <laughs> well, <laughs> a psychopath badass because But this is honest. almost a debate while they're talking. It's almost a debate between Sansa and Danny. Yeah. You know, with with Arya basically playing that role of join me or die. Right. Yeah. You know, you're right. either with me or you're against me. And if they're against me, they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And but in such a, it. in such a small, I mean, in, like I, I, I definitely see the similarity, but like mm-hmm. in such a smaller bubble of like, we're just oh, talking yeah. about the Northern Lords. Like you can't just, it's go, just her list. You can't just go killing the people. And Arya wasn't there when they fought to, yeah. to, to get them back on their side. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Arya wasn't there for any of that. So Arya is completely disconnected to this whole situation. And Sansa tries to fill her in like, you don't, you know, you don't know how hard we fought. You don't know, you know, what we did. You know, the whole, you know, jive about the whole, you always like nice things. Well, Sansa, despite everything Sansa's been through, she's been in a castle basically the whole time, except for like traveling. Whereas Arya was sleeping in Flea Bottom and she was sleeping in cages and she was in that one room. Sure. But I mean, Sansa did. I mean, the nice things may not have been. Yes, and I'm saying. I mean, but she like, she kind of got so raped on the nice bed. If we're looking at how starkly different their lives have been, like Arya's been sleeping outside and learning how to depend on herself. Where no matter what, Sansa was depending on someone and was living a somewhat comfortable life, despite all the yeah, raping. despite all the the raping and the psychological torture. Well, and despite it all, they both grew up to be who they wanted to be. Yeah. Yes. Sansa yeah. became Lady Stark, and. Uh, Ari becomes a stone cold assassin. Yeah. Yeah. Which is all what she always which, wanted to yeah. be. Right. So, oh. yeah. So Ari just wants to chop everybody's heads off and Sansa's trying to be more diplomatic about the whole thing. Um, so we see that kind of start to brew, uh, the little sibling rivalry thing. Uh, so then we see Tyrion and Davis, uh, pulling up in their speedboat to King's Landing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, crossing the Hudson, uh, crossing the Delaware. Yeah. There, there's <laughs> George Washington in it. And, um, With some, 
rotten crab. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so Bron- or, um, uh, we see Tyrion and, and Davos like kind of going and Tyrion's like, aren't you going to stay with the boat, dude? And he's like, no, I got, I got business. I got to go. I got business in Flea Bottom, which you automatically think like, oh, he's going to a whorehouse, obviously. Right. Oh, I didn't think that. Oh, that's immediately, oh, what, that's man. immediately what I thought. I was just like, oh man. I like, knew where it was going and I was jumping up and down. <laughs> so, well, first we see, first we see, um, you know, then we cut to Bron leading Jamie through the, through the skull room. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's leading him in doing this whole like, oh, we're going to fight. We're going to, we're going to train, blah, 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 whatever. Just kidding. Here's your brother. Bye. And, uh, he sets up this whole meeting between, uh, Tyrion and Jamie. And, um, and we see Tyrion and Jamie start talking about how, how you been, bro. Um, well, we see Tyrion going back to daddy never loved me. <laughs> daddy never loved me. And you don't understand. Um, well, he makes a flippant comment about how his father would be proud that he abandoned the family home and did all these great war things and blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of like for as mad as he is at his brother for outsmarting him and besting him. He's kind of still doing like that. Brother Tyrion loves Jamie. Tyrion loves his big brother right. so much, yeah. you know, and it's, this is, that's the, that's the whole running theme of this whole thing is this is so hard on, on Tyrion. And, um, you know, he makes a flippant comment about father being being proud and, you know, don't bring father. Why did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> they have their Martha moment. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, Tyrion basically comes to, like, plead with Jamie to talk to Cersei because Cersei's the, you know, Cersei's Jamie's he says Jamie's the only one that Cersei will listen to. Cersei's not listening to anybody. No. Anymore. Uh, well, she's listening her to her maester. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, is she even really listening to him? Um, so um they have their joyous little reunion and um then and this plan just seems stupider and stupider at every single given <laughs> <Yeah>. moment <laughs> um so then Doc- but the idea of him uh, Braun bringing him with only a training sword Smart. Yeah. Super smart. smart. No, well, and here's the thing, too. Bronn, I actually believed that they were going to train. So did yeah, I. Yeah, no, I, I really like, thought oh. that they were. I was like, oh, cool. We're going to well, get to see Jamie and Braun fight. This is always a fun scene. Yeah. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and Braun and Davos, both still amazing characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and still, and stay true to their characters and their own motivations. I loved it. Way more than a lot of the main characters get to. Yeah, because yeah, clearly. All Tyrion had to do was give Bronn, like, a few shekels, and he's going to totally be cool with his plan. Yeah, right? Yeah, obviously. Like, yeah, I really love You got money? All right, yeah, cool. I'll done. do what, literally whatever you want. I'm yeah. a sell sword. Jamie Wicked owes me money. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why, and, and that's why, and that's what brings me back to this original idea, does Bronn kill Jamie? I mean, if Bronn's loyalty is between Tyrion... and theories yet. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. My statement. Because then I can't, I can't answer you without it going to yeah. theories. Um, you so know. then off to Flea Bottom. Anyway, so we're off to Flea Bottom, and who do we find? The holy what? shit. Oh, my God. It's Gendry. <laughs> I knew it was coming, and I still was like, ah! Everyone in my house is like, what is happening? I was like, it was like... Gendry looked good. He right? looked so good. Well, I mean, he'd been, mm. he'd been rowing for a long time, and that like, works out your muscles. <laughs> that was a great I, dude. I was even, on crew in high school. I even love that, that Davos makes the joke, like, I thought you'd still be rowing. Yes. <laughs> right. I really just need Arya to be in the background giving him that up-down. That, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hey, boy, hey. And I love how he's immediately like, oh, you're here. You must be coming to get me. Let's go. Oh, I yeah, got right my bag. Like, Let's go. I've been waiting. I got this big old hammer thing. That Let's- hammer, though. 
Yeah, which wasn't, I love it. I love it so much. Robert Baratheon yep. was the yes. hammer. And they well, and they make so. in in a, in a in a later scene they kind of make like a like an homage to it a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, he, he kind of mentions how he's which is more of a book thing than a show. Thing. More of a book thing than a show thing, than a show thing. But um, he, you know, he's like I'm shit with a sword, but he picks up his giant his giant warhammer and he's like, but I'm great with this thing. And you're like, okay, cool, that looks scary. I like. Um, I also like. Did by my the way, pants just fall off? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, dude, like, he walked right out of the shop. Like, yeah, he's just like, yeah, right, no, but see you. <laughs> he said he'd been expecting it. Right, I've been waiting. I know, but I just like, like straight. Like, he didn't even like leave a note. He didn't talk to an apprentice. Like, he didn't give a he notice. <laughs> he didn't give a two weeks notice. Right. I mean, does he? Is that his shop? Has he, he didn't do an exit does interview. He have, does he have employees? Were they trying to get paid? Does he? I mean, did he take money with him? I just feel like there's a lot of stuff here. I think that, the only thing I was disappointed is they didn't show like some of his like artful. <laughs> Like a fancy armor mm-hmm. that he was making, I was like, sure. no, nobody had I like, just assumed- one like a little dog head in the back. Well, you got to <laughs> consider this guy is late teens, early twenties at most, working a dead end job, waiting his entire life to He's go on me? this this <laughs> this expedition, this this journey, this adventure. Sure. Yeah. Take this job and shove it. I'm not even clocking out. I'm just walking out. Can I? <laughs> can we? Can we talk about how long it's going to take to get a shot with Gendry shirt off? Uh, oh, we're gonna one next episode. Well, no, 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 no because it's north, north anyway. No, 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 no. Anyway, all right. Okay. Is that theory? When Sorry, he gets back to no, it's not. We're just not. We're just not at that scene. When yet. he gets back to Winterfell and he meets Arya, that's when he takes his shirt off. Okay. And yeah. then They make Arya Gendry babies. <laughs> wow, you really take it up to the next step. Okay, I please continue. It. I ship it. You did that. That that shit is packaged and shipped. <laughs> now, and now we've got a th- another three beat here. Now, kids, we've got the Clovis three beat. The Clovis three beat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the, uh, when they're getting into I the still boat, I still don't understand what a three beat is. You, when you, 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 you establish an idea the first time. Mm-hmm. The second time, you uh, support that idea. Mm-hmm. And then the third time, you subvert it. So, Or you confirm it. You or can, confirm it. In this case, you got your name is Clovis. Don't mention your dad's name. Mm-hmm. They we're get, not there yet. When, uh, just give me a second. But we're super not. You're jumping right, two fine. scenes ahead. Two scenes. Mm. So anyway, so Davos this takes Gendry, longer than the episode. Davos takes yeah, this is what we do. Davos takes Gendry back to the boat, and then the gold cloaks show up, and you know we see Davos do what he does as a smuggler, and he buys his way out of it, and everything's fine, mm-hmm. and he gives him the fermented crab, and we make a lot of dick jokes, and then here Tyrion comes to wreck the day. It's almost as if you shouldn't have sent the world's most famous goddamn dwarf. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we already talked about this. I'm sorry. It bugs me a lot. <laughs> so, Continue. but I mean, this scene only exists and these gold cloaks only exist so that Gendry can show what he can do with his hammer and he smashes their faces in without even thinking about it. So cool. They're dead. It. Awesome. That's my little cousin. Oh my God, Ashley. Hi. She's listening to my show. This is so exciting. Um, I just said dick jokes in front of my little cousin who is, who, is, Twice. who is 21, but I always perceive her as seven. Um, so anyway, um, you can join us for our live stream every Tuesday starting around <laughs> 830. <laughs> uh, so we go back to Jamie and Cersei and this is like the most obvious scene in the whole show. And, you know, Jamie and Cersei are talking about how he's met with Tyrion and she already knows because she has these spies and she's like, you think anything happens in this castle without me knowing? And we talk about why they should continue fighting against Daenerys and why they're going to win and blah, blah, blah. And why the people are still going to stand for them. And she's like, because of our name and because of our blah and because of this. And she touches her stomach. And is Jamie really that stupid? I think oh, she she's totally to, knocked up. She's Are you kidding me? super not no. pregnant. Oh God, no! She is super not pregnant. She is a liar. Okay, I, I think gonna... she tried to pull an Elena mic drop and 
I'm going to suggest that we, 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 we table the is she pregnant argument for the end of the show. Okay, yeah, fine. Theories. Anyway, she's not pregnant. Liar. Um, so, you know, we have this like sentimental moment, but we see, we see Jamie kind of like, like, he's so controlled by his love for her and he's he's like we're gonna have another baby i'm so happy let's kill everyone and it sucks because he should be smarter than this by now and he's not and it's just alluding more to how in love with her he is and theories theories anyway so that's that by the way i didn't jump ahead that was when they're getting on the boat that's when he tells him his name is clovis when they're getting there and he puts his hammer in the boat yeah but then you gotta follow the three. The right, that's I thought, the first beat. Oh, that's okay. That's one I, we beat. thought you were doing. All I thought you were doing the whole thing at once. Goodness and I thought they gracious. were. I thought they were only doing this in the hallway, walking up to whatever. Okay, so whatever. His name is Clovis. Your name is Clovis. Your name's Mud. Yeah. So, so now we go to John and Gendry meeting. So, so now they get out of the boat again. Your name is Clovis. Don't mention your father's name. Yeah. As soon as they get inside the cave, I'm a Baratheon. <laughs> Oi, I'm Gendry Baratheon. Nice yeah. to meet you. <laughs> that's the three beat. Yeah. Okay. Beat beat. Beat, 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 beat. Okay, awesome. So John and, and Gendry meet, and they have like a wonderful little reunion, and it's you know it's kind of it's kind of a, a throwback to season one, and it's they're bastard buddies, you know, yeah, they're bastard buddies. Well, and it's like you know it's Ned and it's Ned and Robert, mm-hmm. you know, right. and because so we're kind of seeing that connection. Definitely and I think, did harken back to that. Yeah, and I think that's nope. really sweet. And I love the I love the little jabs, you know, like oh you're you're you're, less, you're, you're than less fat than your father, and like and it's not only like we're calling out John Snow, we're like we're calling out Kit Harrington for being five foot seven, like oh you're way shorter. Than than your father like and then ooh. the silence was yeah. beautiful well, and but think, then he laughs and he softens yeah. to it and that was kind of an homage to to, to ned, ned and, and robert's relationship they were always just like jabbing at each other and they were but they were brothers right we're brothers uh, <laughs> <laughs> um you know but but you know and there's where where gendry makes the comment about his hammer and how he can't fight with a sword but how he's good with a hammer and we kind of get the little throwback to his father you know robert baratheon fought with his great war hammer right so you know it's it's just you know it's just kind of showing the similarities between father and son and i think part of this too is because we have to from a storytelling standpoint there are the four houses that we talk about there are the starks and there are the the baratheons Mm -hmm. and there are the targaryens and the lannisters those are your four houses yeah baratheons have fallen off the map for so long after the main things in the in the the citadel when Chandelier, <laughs> right? Um, What's that thing? The yeah, and even in your opening credits, you have the four. The logo, they showed, the, the the four logo has the four corners and yeah. the four houses. And since Stannis is dead, there has no been. There's been no more Baratheon. Yeah, and so I think in a way that this Gendry coming in here has to continue that from from a storytelling perspective of continuing that four beat. So what's really interesting here to me though is traditionally. Um, the Lannisters and the Targaryens before, you know, the whole war thing got along really, really well. And now I think you're not that the Baratheon, the House of Baratheon is suddenly going to pop back up and be a big deal. But these alliances, I think, are going to become very interesting as you think about it from a from the meta view. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so we see this is kind of like the ceiling of the alliance between John and Gendry and he and he joins the fight to go into the north on this stupid mission. <laughs> I can't. I Idiot. can't. That's almost <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So then we jump to um, just the most frustrating scene in the entire freaking episode. So Sam and Gilly are sitting in oh the whoa, Citadel. Whoa, 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 It's like whoa. every female in every boardroom in the Before all that, we have a great exchange between Tyrion and Mormont with the coin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, oh, miss, yeah, I missed yeah, this. Yeah. 
Go, no, do this. Tyrion has the coin that, that they got from oh, the slavers yeah, when they were set free. Okay. That was supposed to last them the rest of their lives. He says, take this with you, go north of the wall, and bring it back to me. Right, so there's this little softening. There, there's, because there's this they had their whole the little buddy road trip yeah. back situation. When it, back yeah. when it used to take time to travel from place to place. Yeah, then right? we Exactly. And then we get this clear moment of Danny just gooey-eyed staring at John as he's leaving. Right. Like, like, like don't yeah. leave me. Yeah. And she's just all about him at that point. Yeah. With her red cape, which is very... But, and he's got absolutely no time for it. Yeah. He's nope. just like, no, no, no. There's zombies to kill. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Gotta go. Well, and Tyrion totally watched her with the gooey eyes at him. Yeah. So this gives Tyrion now an opportunity to say, hey, you know, instead of having him bend the knee... What if he maybe you to should... submit, maybe he can mend the knee and give you a ring. <laughs> ah. Hey yo. Um he knows that. So okay, so I, I I'm sorry, I skipped over. Now we get to the real most okay. frustrating okay, scene so in the, the real, entire the freaking most episode. Freaking frustrating scene in I laughed my ass off. Oh, oh my so my an- God. Oh, so annoyed. Okay. Because I was like literally, so because I was watching this with somebody who was not her, and this is the first time that we had watched the show together. So this was a very, a very tender moment between two people that don't know how they react to uh, Game of Thrones <laughs> in front of each not, other. I'm pretending not to be offended, and I was f- freaking out, and then looking like, "Am I making it weird? Am I making it weird?" Because I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> so um, Sam and Gilly are reading books in the Citadel, like they do, right? And. Uh, she starts going off about 15,782 <laughs> steps. Thank you for writing down the actual number because I thought about that in my notes. I didn't write it down. 15,782 steps. And, and you know, and Sam's frustrated and he's a not, he's not, this is just a typical man. Like the windows I'm great, mad though. at the world. So I'm going to take it out on my wife. <laughs> Um, how many how many windows in the great set? Yeah. Well, none now. None now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but like for real. Yeah. That, that reveal. Oh my god! But was... no, but no reveal. There was okay. no reveal. So anyway, Let's so she's talking. So bit. she's so she's talking about she's talking about the steps, and she's talking about the recording his bowel movements and this and that. And she's like, and what's an? You know, she can't read. He's taught her how to read. What's an annulment? And he's like, an annulment is when you know they set aside, he explains they divorce. Set aside a, Yeah, basically says. Well, no, an annulment is different than divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, it says here that uh, Maester, wh- who's she, who's is she reading? Maester. I forget which Maester it is. It doesn't matter. The important part here, though, is that we get this insight. That Rhaegar had a an annulment, an annulment and, and a secret a marriage. A secret marriage to Dun Dun Dun. And Sam goes, shut up, woman. And we go, fuck you, Sam. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wrote down, holy shit, listen to Gilly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, they my God. They took that book with, though, right? Like, Was that the one he handed to the kid? Or was it? No. 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 We don't know. And, and we I don't know if he took that book or not. We don't know. We don't know because he just because he because he, he has just went and stole random scrolls. Well, yeah, like shits. he just has like he has this f f this stuff I'm out moment, and he goes and grabs like seven random books and High leaves. And Maynard, Maynard, thank you. I I knew it was like meh, something. Nice, Marco. Well, the Maynard. second pick up there. Well done. High Septon, Maynard, James Keenan. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, so we have this moment where like Sam almost finds out that Rhaegar Targaryen was married to Lyanna Stark. Yeah. And. Anyway, so they leave the Citadel and Sam's tired of reading about the works of 
Grimmerman. And, Grimmerman. and as far as we know, the maester still never had his chance to tell him about his, his dad. Yeah, and his Sam. Yeah, yeah, Sam doesn't know that his that his. So if he's planning on heading dead, home to check in with, with uh, the folks, that's going to go real bad. There's no indication that he would do that. Though. Yeah, there's no. Reason Where do we think? Well, stole that I mean. I don't want to. No I don't want to get. He should have left the Citadel to begin with. I don't want to get too deep into theories, but like, where do we think he's going? We'll get there. Okay. Um, I feel like Dan has a theory. Uh, so then we get to uh, little finger chewing on the scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see Arya. <laughs> we see Arya. How's it pronounced? Al? What's that? What's that little girl's name? How's it pronounced? Arya. The one with the sword. Arya. There you go. Arya. Hey. I said it right. Yeah. Proud of you. You did it. Um, <laughs> I'm still stuck on. I'm still stuck on. on uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still stuck on uh, little finger. Just gnawing. Um, just, there's whole chunks of the castle that are just gone. <laughs> Was like, there a dire wolf in here? Who's been chewing on this wall? <laughs> seriously, man. Just, Guys, you need to train your dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so Arya is spying on Littlefinger and we, or is she? <laughs> and so, you know, and so we see Arya thinking that she's being very cunning and she's trying to out cunning the cunning and it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. And so we see this. Was anybody s- fooled? Did anybody think that she'd really? No. Well, but then there's oh, no. some theories online that like, she knows, he knows, she knows. Yeah. And right. Like, like, well, I but can't did you follow this? And that may be, and you can clearly not drink the wine in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll and I'll I'll follow that, but but I don't think at any point I was buying that that he was not on to her. I just want Arya to run and never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Well, like seriously, if he didn't see her, he's got the worst peripherals. Right, like he right. really does. Right. Like, so who said that? Who even said this? There's somebody on our side. Can we talk it? about how terrible Littlefinger's peripheral vision yeah, is? Yeah, like like there's a ficus to your like two o'clock. <laughs> like, come on, like. <laughs> the tree's like shaking. Like she's behind there. Like seriously, it's not. He turns around and she's like. Did everybody read the scroll? Uh, yes, I, I yeah. made sure to pause it, and then I looked well, it up online later. Ahead, then didn't we? Uh, well, so, you know, so she so she breaks into his room. She sees him receive. Okay. She sees him receive the scroll, and she she overhears him say, "Is this the only copy that Maester Lewin sent out or received or whatever?" Right. And uh, you know, as far as I know, and so she goes in, and you know, she finds the scroll, and so we get a quick flash, and we don't know what it is. But guess what? You can pause television now, and then you can look <laughs> things up on the internet. So we know that spoilers, everyone. It's the scroll that Sansa was forced to write to Rob after Ned was executed. Mm-hmm. Um, telling him, to telling him to knee. come bend the knee to Joffrey, um, her beloved, her beloved Joffrey. Um, you know, so we see that, and so and and so this bothers me. And I know that Arya has been very far removed, and I know that we kind of saw that setup scene of how different Arya and Sansa are now, and how black and white everything how black is. and white everything is. But you got to think that Arya is smarter than that. I think that. Okay, well, that kind of gets into a theory. All right, theory. fair enough. So we see that. So we see her read that. So we, and then we see Littlefinger in the background like, mm, yes, my plan is oh my working. God. That's when I like literally was like, <laughs> yeah. literally like mouth on the wall. <laughs> all of the scenery. Just <laughs> the biggest goddamn termites ever just running through this goddamn castle. <laughs> termites just, are too on. I said it before and I'll say it again. He just needs to grab Sansa and tire her to some railroad tracks and just be done with it. <laughs> Just, and have a very very tall top hat and a monocle. Right. Um, so you know, so there's that. So we know that Littlefinger is setting this whole thing up, and he's trying to uh, be controlling. Uh, and then John and company mm, go to meet with Tormund Giants Bay, as I like to call him. Oh no! Because I like me some ginger boys. Did you bring the big woman? <laughs> oh. In my in my that mind, I'm the big anywhere. woman. Um, <laughs> 
so um you know and so then they're they're talking about the expedition uh where they want to go off and uh, you know this stupid let's go back a zombie mission and you know and even torment is like why the do you want to go back out there because you're not the only ones and then we see that they've got uh who else but the hound and Beric dondarian and thoros of mir um we do set up a legit D&D party at this point. Right? Oh, my God. I definitely thought it was a Lord of the Rings party. That's fine, too. I mean, you <laughs> yeah, have... Like, straight up, you have my bow, you have my axe, you've right. got my hammer. Well, and Second leading up to this, there was a lot of talk about the 12. What about 11Zs? But there was going to be the 12 to go beyond the, beyond the wall. Mm-hmm. There's only, so we like, repeating six or history. seven, right? There's seven, and then if you watch closely, there's, like... Five red coats coming out of the cave when the, when it goes to did black. Actually, okay, we got to uh, we got to fix the numbers. Follow, though, yeah, the, there's a, a few wildlings that are yeah. are there with torment. Okay, so they yeah. do have so they have to say they brought red shirts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, red exactly. shirts. This is from the original Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, the guy to- <laughs> yeah those guys are dying. They don't yeah. have names. Yeah. yeah. Expendable <laughs> one. Uh, can you go ahead and go Expendable get? One. Expendable one. You're taking the first watch. Uh, Expendable two. You got gather some firewood by yourself over there. Thanks. <laughs> I don't. Thanks. Know. I really love the whole the. Uh, better suicide squad yeah. right. <laughs> somebody said those are the hobbits <laughs> no 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 the hobbits survive yeah um you know so we see them and and uh you know we see john kind of like oh you were the hound i saw you blah 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 and everyone's it's basically like a big old reunion like a big old fu reunion no, like hey i know you i hate you hey like i know the, you i hate you too oh like now we all gotta work together it's like the episode of the office where they're all just like <laughs> standoffing with their finger guns yeah um you know, and Barry gives the whole spiel about how the Lord of Light told him that he has to do this and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, they're all like, okay, well, we all have a common mission. So let's go play in the snow, guys. Yeah, this absolutely won't go terribly wrong. Yeah, no, this, this is be... going to be totally fine. Um, <laughs> George R. R. Martin's hobbits die. Good point. Good call, Nick. Um, Good call. So, so I have a very specific uh, who's going to die next, yeah. what I would like to play on this mm-hmm. round of the episode. And we'll do that last. But th- th- specifically, I want you guys to start thinking about it now. It's who in this party is going to die because clearly that's obviously I think they gave it away though in the in the trailer I didn't watch the trailer in the trailer for next episode I think that's given away you think so all right well we'll get there we'll get there I'm sorry um no it's okay um but yeah that's it so the last scene the last scene is we see them we see them traveling north so (laughs) I like how the episode called East Watch has about a minute and a half at East Watch Yeah. (laughs) yeah 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 So, uh, that brings us to You Know Nothing. It brings us to You Know Nothing. A very special You Know Nothing. You guys, RIP my friendship with Kelsey. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I saw this on the Facebook. (laughs) So, Kelsey not only texted me about this, um, so she is now, I'm I'm actually very pleased with her progress. She is now in season four. Wow. Wow. And like very heavily into season four. She's unemployed. Yeah. (laughs) No, she actually works for CBS. What she, what she has is no children. Yeah. Uh, No children. Um, she's got a, she's got a pupper though but no children. Yeah, yeah. Puppers allow you to watch the television. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so she's powering through hardcore. So she's yeah. seen the Red Wedding. Um, I got her reaction to the Red Wedding. Wasn't... I mean, she at this point, like, she gets it. Like, she's binge watching the, mm-hmm. the show. So she's like, oh, everyone dies. I get it yeah. now. <laughs> um, so she was obviously very upset about it. Um, Kelsey has a guilty pleasure crush on Joffrey. But how? Wow. And... Yeah. I've had more time to process it because we are also Facebook friends. Um, He looks like he's 10. And he's like the most evil human that's ever existed. There's, uh, you know what? I'm not sure. Is she a Slytherin? Hey, I'm a Slytherin. Don't be hating on the Slytherin. (laughs) Well, no, but I mean, come on. 
Who else is going to? So Joffrey. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but I'm not attracted to Joffrey. Okay. Gross. Hey. I'm telling mother. <laughs> Yo, right? I like, can't, the I'm, amount of times that kid got slapped in this series, I, you, I can't respect a man that can get slapped that much. <laughs> He's sure to so, kill some whores, though. So that's it. Like, that's it. That's the only, that's the only. You know nothing. That's the only you, you know nothing kills her. And she's already seen him die. She's already passed Joffrey's death. So she's the one that mourned him. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. yeah, she's like real sad Hanging about it. She's like, she's like, I love Jeff. I love Joffrey so much. I hated watching his death scene so much. I was so sad. While the rest of the world was like, oh. you're so doing th- it wrong. So I think my best friend is a sociopath. Yeah. Ting. <laughs> I can't. I'm not processing that right now. We're not. Nope. Okay. Anyway, okay. moving on. So that's it for you know nothing, Kelsey Rose. Uh, so let's jump into some theories. Okay. Uh, oh, you want to do? I got I got a couple here. Yeah, you got, yeah, you yeah got you've some... been circling that one for like hours. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> my biggest one here, as I, as I looked at the army, um, here's what's going to happen: when the army of the night, whatever king, and they're going to fight, and they're going to be lots of big battle, blah blah blah. But this is going to be one of those: they're going to drop the night king, and the rest of the army is going to die. You think? Yeah. I don't. I saw somebody mentioning that that he was controlling all of them. I yeah I. I think that I don't think that that would necessarily happen in the books, mm-hmm. but in the show, that army is too large. But he's got to be like the final boss, though the hardest. He's, to oh kill. yeah, they're gonna have to. I mean, he'll be buried back behind the army. They're gonna have to do what a desperate attempt and blah blah blah. This is the same shit that we see again in, our, in every Marvel movie. You Listen, know? I I get it. Like I totally understand that. Like we for 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 show purposes, we can't end this too quickly. But like literally, dragons. Like fly over the army and well, set yeah, them all and that's on gonna fire. that's gonna be part of it. It has right. to be part of it because right. fire and ice. Like, however, we do see the Night King's power with with you know well, Bran warging and making the maybe maybe he can control the dragons in this in that sense. I don't. Well, I, I'm not sure, but I'm going to tell you that that I think yes, the dragons get involved. You have the full melting through, but they have gone repeatedly back and shown the army and showing the mass of the size of this and going on and on to show that this army stretches into the distance and beyond the sight lines. Yeah. Um. So I don't think we're going to see it this season, but when it does happen, I'm willing to bet that what's going to happen is that when the Night King drops, his control over everybody else falls off, and but, they're all going to... But at great cost. It's going to have to be Always, always. Cost. But it's going to be, yeah, just like Avengers, just like Suicide Squad, just like every other... I mean, I think I'm, that trope is coming, and I'm not... That's not a theory I'm happy with. So I've got that one. Um, I'm considering, uh, I think, the impact of the scroll... Um, I don't know. I'm not sure about the impact of the scroll here. I'm not going to give a theory on that one. I know. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Go for it. I think that this scroll is there to drive. Uh, obviously, he's trying to drive a wedge between the two of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's going to backfire. They're going to finally have that conversation that they needed to have. It's going to bring them together. He's fucked. And then that's going to lead to Arya eventually heading south to kill some Cersei. Yeah. Well, got, my I'm, theory is is um and I thought that we were like rushing right to that moment. I was freaking yeah. out when this was going on until the whole <laughs> find the scroll thing happened, but I thought Arya was going rogue and I thought she was going to kill Littlefinger. Yeah. I don't think she's going to be doesn't, in, She doesn't in, have enough in, evidence in, yet. Um yeah. but well cuz Littlefinger, Littlefinger's never been on her list, which right. I always thought was curious. Well, Littlefinger um, and, and there's a the knife. The, because he's so sh- he's, she's going to figure out that that's his knife. She's going to figure out that he set he up her did this dad. Whole thing. He started the the, the, whole the war thing, the of the ladder, five kings. The ladder. Nope. He started the ladder. No, 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 no. She may, she may, 
But Arya doesn't kill Littlefinger. You don't think so? I think no. that whole I think that John? whole thing was a setup. I think that Arya kills Littlefinger Sansa, with the dagger. Sansa kills Actually, Littlefinger. I agree with yeah? that. Yeah, I agree 100%. with that. One hundred percent. It will be or, or it calls for him to be killed. I just, it will, well, no, no, no. I just read an article about it that really makes sense. With this that, will be the one that she kills with her own bare hands. Yeah, well, she's killed no one else except for uh, what's his face. Uh, uh, the whatever Ramsey. his name Ramsey Bolton and there she didn't kill him she, herself she just walked away she, watched, she let the dogs well, do it but this Littlefinger that will be a theory you can take to the bank mm-hmm. Sansa stabs and kills Littlefinger herself well, okay. and the backup on that is um, you know how they're all like we talk about their clothing and how their clothing's important, uh, especially with Sansa, more than anyone else in the show. Sansa's clothing is ex- reflective. I just read the article where they were saying that this outfit is a warning to Peter Baelish. Like, the w- outfit she was wearing when she was t- walking and talking with him, it's a warning. It's a, you know, back off. I'm going to mess you up if you don't. And it went into all these details about how it's very anti-Peter. And so I think that I might agree with you because of what I read that. Because, like, I'm re- I, I don't just watch a show, but I also read what, like, the costume artists and all the, you know, other people are saying about it that are involved with it because they put so much thought into it it's ridiculous this is why i'm here <laughs> except I'm except when they put ikea rugs on, yeah. on, on right. Jon snow well, they used ikea the, rugs for his his part. cloaks they need something big and furry and he wouldn't give a shit like yeah. he would literally go buy his cloaks from an ikea yeah like that's, so we're going to ikea after this right yeah totally making our own clothes um <laughs> what else you got uh so that one there and then i'm you know what i am starting to really warm up to this theory that i've developed during the course of literally recording this <laughs> about this whole brawn thing Mm-mm. um here's Mm-mm. a here's 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 my theory and i'm not i'm i realize this one's a far out one this was this was my long odds i'm i i i'm not gonna put a lot of money on this theory you know what i mean i'll put a lot of money on the sansa kills Littlefinger. that i that i think happens this one's a little bit of a, of a stretch but here's my theory i think that uh brawn uh is eventually gonna get could i could as a theory get pulled between his loyalty to Tyrion and his loyalty to jamie i think we're gonna see jamie Become, I think Jamie buys into the pregnancy thing. We can, and I know we can debate over whether or not he's actually pregnant. She's actually pregnant. She ain't pregnant. But okay, wait, the point is um, that I think Jamie will believe it, and that's all that really effectively matters here. And so Jamie starts going farther and farther off the deep end, farther and farther into Cersei's bullshit until it gets to the point where Braun is left with a choice that Tyrion gives him, and when uh, when offered the choice, he turns on Jamie. I'm. We, he wasn't here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you listened, but he wasn't here during the episode where you brought forth the theory of are you wearing Jamie's face and killing right. Cersei? And that's and, and I get that. And I'm not. And that's still. Possible. I'm. am su- super invested in that. <laughs> I'm super invested in and that. And maybe she takes out Braun first, uses Braun to get close to Jamie, wearing his face, takes Jamie out. That way, Braun kills Jamie in a way. Yeah. I, Nobody's allowed to kill you but me. Maybe mm. I just and I then mean, that could have been a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, that line I don't think that line didn't feel like a throwaway line. That nobody gets to kill you but me. Mm-hmm. That well, as long as he's breathing. As long as yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I think I think that eventually Jamie betrays Braun or something else like that. Something happens that pushes Braun uh, past the breaking point because we do see that this Braun at least has mm-hmm. uh, uh, a code. Well, and beyond that. Arya doesn't have to kill someone to wear their face. Nope. They just have to be dead. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she could like see his body laying in a battlefield, be take like, his face and be like, go oh, dibs. Face. Mm-hmm. Let me just put oh, that. No, don't you do Right. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I don't know, I'm starting to warm up that Braun kills, I think Braun kills, yeah, I, I'm starting to think nothing's, that Braun kills Jamie. Nothing's ever 
not thought of. Like yeah. there might be half ass shit in the th- in the plot line, but and the with stuff like that, <laughs> they're never like, "Oh, I'm just going to say this line for no reason." There's right. No, no that that yeah. that line felt too pregnant for me. Okay, so oh, unlike speaking, Cersei. speaking of pregnancy, unlike Cersei. Okay, so I I totally don't buy that she's pregnant, but Why? you because she's Cersei and she's, she's using a sociopath. because she's a sociopath and she's using anything that she can to keep Jamie wrapped around she her. She knows finger. that she's losing him. Yeah. She knows mm-hmm. that her grasp on him is almost gone. Right, and here is also 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 here. Keep a man, baby. Also, hold on, hold on. Also, here is why I don't believe that she is truly pregnant because the prophecy said that she will have three children. Gold will be their hair, and gold will be their shrouds. And we've seen prophecies be true. However, it doesn't mean that she's not pregnant. It just means that she may be not going to deliver that child. However, because she's going to die before she has it. In the books, in the book, I'm sorry, in the show, she has already she's she tells Catelyn at one point that she has a black haired baby that ch- that died early. Mm-hmm. Now she could have been lying about that, but the, it did if, say that wasn't the prophecy that she would have three golden haired ch- children. Three no 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 she had the three you, children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Robert Gold was going to have hair. like sixteen, and she was going to have three. Mm-hmm. But that's part of why I don't believe it. But the other thing is just her nature yeah she's trying she's trying to keep the let's, baby daddy and let's go back a couple episodes when she was or, in the tower or she's pregnant when she was in the tower Jenny's. with the snakes she kisses the the, the daughter mm-hmm. says you're gonna have to watch your your kid die all that kind of good stuff and what does she immediately do she takes out her nuva ring she goes up to the tower <laughs> to, to her room and she bones down with her brother to get knocked up because she was sitting there watching this daughter and mother together going, I need another child. I need my kids Six back in my life. Uh, I don't. So the, uh, see, I don't think that she has. I don't no, even think she has back, that much compassion her, left in her anymore. Her, her black haired so, baby ain't Gendry. Right. We're going back over. Yeah. One of the comments we got on our Facebook page is talking about the black. Gendry was the daughter. Is Baratheon. Robert Baratheon is his father and his mother was. Some from random Bottom. hoe for show. Right. So, he, she was a hoe. <laughs> for show. For show. show. <laughs> the, um, but this, uh, I think actually, uh, Marco actually brings up in, in our comments a good point here when she, when he says, uh, Quibern's Aaron told her, I can give you something for that before Jamie comes I in. I think that was yeah. a plan. Yeah, I think it was, I think, a, it was I think that was totally, a, yeah. So is that part of the red herring? I mean, here's the thing too, because if we believe that Jamie, that, that Cersei actually had a black haired child at some point, mm-hmm. then the prophecy is shot. Yeah. If, however, we believe that she was lying to Catelyn, especially to throw off the, to throw him off the scent. I think she was, because she was trying to throw off the whole, these kids are Jamie's thing. Yeah. Right. So uh, to my mind, it's, look, it's either A, uh, she didn't. The, the, she was lying to Catelyn, in which case she's not pregnant. Or B, she was lying. She was not lying to Catelyn. She had, did actually have a, a black haired baby that died. At which point, I think she's pregnant. I don't know. I just. I mean, we I, see I, so I, much of her character at this point that it just doesn't seem logical. And plus, you're talking to the two people who could potentially carry a human in their body, and I'm just not feeling it. Well, and I think that here's the other thing, though. They are the last. Uh, it's relevant. She basically considers Tyrion okay. dead to her. Okay. Yeah. So they are the last two Lannisters. Yeah. Yeah. They need an heir to continue their house. And that's great, but so she's w- not going to have one. That's all she's thinking about <laughs> she's right now is pregnant. continuing well, their house. Well, there's also that no, whole, I think, like... No, but, uh, no, no, no. Dan, no, actually, Dan just probably made the is most convincing the argument, I think, there. That is a good point. However, there's also that whole, um, I want to be pregnant, so I'm lactating thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that's an actual, you Hysterical know, pregnancy? Hysterical pregnancy, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, but, like, you know... That doesn't mean... But at that point, she still thinks that she's pregnant. She's not yeah, lying. But, like, so, like, the whole... Qui- 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 Quiburn. Quiburn. I want to There's say, like no Q in it, but it's, there is. I mean, I mean a U. 
yeah. Kyburn, 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 whatever. But like, I just, Mace I, crazy pants. he's in on everything she does. So the whole like, well, I can get you something for that. Like, it's, he's like in there like five be minutes like, before Jamie walks in the room. He's like, listen, listen, we're going to tell him that you're pregnant. Oh, he's here. Oh, I can get you. Something I mean, he's the him. one, you know, bringing back the mountain and stuff. He can do whatever he wants. He's in on all of her little schemes, but which I think might go bad for her at some point. By yeah. the way, that's definitely th- something. But like, I really deeply am like, nah. And even if she is, she's going to miscarry or mm-hmm. something. It's oh, yeah. Not gonna go I don't think this baby's going to be born, but I think that either she is a pregnant or b thinks she is pregnant or c is trying to get pregnant i yeah. think she just wants to control jamie yeah my, i don't know i'm my my theory on this whole situation is that it's it's a ploy it's it's her lying to jamie and i think and i think this is this is what sets him over the edge because we see how happy he is because obviously he's devastated that his children are dead and we see how happy he is at the thought of having another child mm-hmm. and, and being he's able to and, publicly acknowledged and being child. able to publicly acknowledge acknowledge to actually be a father and I think which is just another step towards her being the mad queen. Well, yes, because she's totally out there with the incest thing and, and right. Yeah. Yeah. But they're trying to, pull but I, but I think that this is what sets if, if, if the Arya stealing Jamie's face to kill Cersei theory is not true. I think this is what sets Jamie over the edge. He's going, this is all going to come crumbling down. He's going to find out that she lied about the pregnancy to control him. And, and, that's I mean, what, and he's going to, he's going to kill her. There's he also the other her. thing. Yeah. Didn't the mad King have, mm babies smashed like there was like uh like Daenerys yeah. was one but there was another one in the book it ended up being like John Targaryen which that plot line was also abandoned in the show oh no it was the other it was um it was um the other child that that and Tyrion ended up on the raft but yeah he, with that, yeah John I thought his name was but whatever. it's no it's it's like it starts with a b it was some it's b oh. something oh, Targaryen, just remember? Random, yeah they, they yeah, abandoned, yeah, that, they abandoned they that, totally that storyline abandoned, for the show but like the whole thing was the Mad King was having, he wanted the baby's head smashed in. So like maybe they're trying to parallel some more because clearly everyone is just their parents reincarnated in this show. Yeah. Um, maybe it's another one of those like, Oh, well I'm going crazy. I'm going to smash the baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the that's only th- the best way to write. That. So the, the only thing I've got is I'm trying to name John and his Mary band. <laughs> and currently I'm like, I'm currently, I'm looking at John and the idiots, but I need, <laughs> no, I need, I need something catchier than that. Um, John and the idiots. I don't. I mean, I, my other one. My other one is just calling the entire group the plot device. <laughs> that's, um, that's actually my bad well, name. But the, yeah. you know, with the the. the, the All right. Well, let's let's play who and John's Mary Band. Are we done? Does anybody have any other theories? Oh, I was gonna say. Well, if we're gonna do the John's Mary Band, yeah. Thing, like, let's play who so, who in John's Mary Band dies. Well, because obviously somebody's dying next episode. So I don't necessarily think that this is what's going to happen, but I feel like they're trying to make us think this is what's going to happen. If you look at the um, preview for next week, um, I think it's Tormund is ha- carrying or swinging the battle axe that, uh, or the battle warhammer that Gendry had. So I was like, uh, did Gendry fall? Which I nah. mean, obviously Gendry could have dropped his hammer and somebody yeah. picked it up. I don't I think, think he, I don't think Gendry to. dies. And remember Tormund carries a giant axe. So no, 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 no. It was exactly the one that oh, okay. Gendry it was the had. hammer. Cause okay. it's such a so, weird So thing. that, so right. that, that aside, who do you in your heart think dies? One of the, um, it's the hound. Do you think it's, I was going to say, it's I think it's hound. one of the, the two from the band of brothers or whatever the hell they're called. Um, the Thoros brotherhood without Garrett, banners. Brotherhood well, that all f- feeds into my theory that the hound is going to die. And then Dondarrion or Thoros is going gonna to bring, him, bring back. him back and he's going to be the lady Stoneheart of the, the TV series. I just so they'll they'll basically have a walker beyond the wall. They'll have somebody that can't die. The Brotherhood of the Banners. The yeah, I, I, either they're going to get really important or they're going to go away completely. 
uh, because I, I, what are they doing right now? Like, yeah, I we mean, haven't really seen them. Yeah, their storyline so, has gotten very. It's weak. either that or they're but, just plot then, device to well, get and the then we, there. And then we see in the in the previews, Dondarrion's got that freaking flaming sword again. Yeah, he does. Which isn't that supposed to be? That's the supposed to be the, the symbol of, of Azor Ahai. Yeah, that's mm. supposed to be it. He's supposed to carry the flaming sword. So, Ugh, oh, that's a really good one. If the hound is dead, they bring him back for Clagging Bull. Clagainbull, <laughs> which you've been yeah. waiting for forever. Absolutely. <laughs> Zombie Clagainbull. Oh, uh, man, that's really good. No. Thank uh, you for that, Nick. No, uh, the hound dies defense saving everybody else. Yeah. White yeah. Quest Avengers. <laughs> that's, that's my theory. Uh, who, do you, who are you saying dies? Um, I, I agree with you. I think the hound dies. Yeah. Because I think we're due for another major character death, and if it's the second to last episode of the season, oh, I think, I'm I think so sorry. Dies. I don't know what I'm saying. They're going to kill way more than one of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's oh, going to be that's, more. That's why I've been kind of sitting here quietly. I, I think I don't want to least... say it because I love him so much, but I think Tormund dies too. <sighs> I think we lose Tormund. See, I was about to say that about Davos. Yeah, oh, I was going to say God, Davos. No. Davos is probably so... Davos. Did... Whoa, no, 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 no. Davos didn't go. Davos did not leave. He, there were seven of them. Davos in, is up yeah. there. Yeah, he's part no. of it. Davos specifically says, oh, I would only be... he stays at Eastwatch, doesn't he? Exactly. He, says, he said I that he was only... going to, but seven of them walked out. Yeah, but there's no, 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 no. All seven of them walked out of that cave. Okay, wait. Hound. At the, at the bottom. Beric. I've got the list right here. Okay, so go ahead. We got John, Tormund, Gandry, Mormont, Davos, the Hound, Beric, Thoros, and a few red shirts. Wait, that's eight. That's eight main characters. Tormund said he was a liability. Oh, you're right. And I think he did. Davos stay stayed behind, behind, I guess. Yeah, Davos stays behind because well, no, because well, yeah, I don't want fight. him to die. He's my favorite. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. Well, Davos says I'd be a liability, and Tormund says you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So no, I think I think we probably lose. Uh. Uh. We're gonna lose either. We're gonna lose the Hound. We're gonna lose either Beric or Thoros. Which one's the one without the sword? The flaming sword. Thoris of Mir is actually Thoris the one, is the red priest. Is the one who's okay. supposed to carry the sword. That resurrects him. So, yeah. Who, Beric, Beric the, Dondarrion carries the sword. I know, one but in the books, Thoros has the sword. I know. And yeah, in the books, in the books Thoros so is fat and a drunk. Right. I, I really think one of them is going to go. I think that, you know, we could lose Tormund, even though I love him and I ship him and breathe. And Actually, you know so what? Much. I'm gonna I'm gonna revise my theory. I think all three of those guys die. I think Thoros, Derek, Beric Dondarrion, and uh, and the Hound. The, you and think the, the three that came? I don't, I don't think are you the can get out. The new brothers yep. without borders. You cannot yep. come <laughs> out. Banners, I mean. You can't go up against whites and only miss like one person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It. All of the red shirts, which I guess is just kind of a given. Twist. Um, what if John dies? Okay. And Thoros can bring him back. Right. I, I mean, oh, somebody said Mormont. You think? Well, oh, that would be. I think they all die except John. Good God! I don't think that's that, possible. I mean, that's I wouldn't be. That would be possible. Yeah, they, well, they do have that scene of John running away. I mean, I feel like if you kept like, why would you bring Gendry back for like ten seconds? Right. So yeah, I mean, obviously he serves a bigger stupid. purpose. I right. don't think I don't think Gendry dies. I could see the boat coming back with uh, Gendry, John, and uh, Mormont. Yeah, I think Mormont probably lives. I think Gendry probably lives. And you know, this is a shame too. Because wait, wait, wait. I want to. I want to ask Marco to clarify what he's saying here. Marco says we see the Hound in the season trailer, so he not dead. What What do you mean the season trailer for next season? Because if we could see, it, like, is there a trailer for next season already? No, I don't think so. Marco, explain yourself. <laughs> Marco's one of the guys. How, how much? How much of a delay are we on here? And yeah. I don't remember the Azor okay. a high 
going into the wilderness thing. I mean, I could totally be wrong. Those books are really dead. Yeah, he went into the wilderness with a group of 12 beyond the wall. Yeah. Oh, 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 so that's the same one. Oh, yeah, so yeah. everybody was thinking that John was like the reincarnation, you know, of, of this season. Okay, yeah, so he's, in, so he's in the trailer, but... Oh, we're so at the end of the season. Their footage. Well, he's saying that there's footage of him that we haven't seen yet, but there's footage that. Well, that, we could see him. I mean, this could be the the there's end. Only two episodes this to could go. be the end of next episode. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like we're yeah. we're at the end of the season. Actually, given the way the time goes, I believe they will have time to get out there, find the white, bring the white back, show it to Cersei, con- convince Cersei that everything's fine, then deliver the white back before the Night King realizes he's gone. <laughs> I'm gonna it's and, actually a and giant electricity. It's so you a know giant heist film just for this. Excellent. You know what they're gonna do though? This whole season's gonna be like. And then we're going to get to the last episodes of the last season, and it's going to be like one whole episode is just one slow battle of just wrenching your heart out and like beating on the table. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be like, so we went back to real time. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, right. so that's, uh, so we cover everybody who's going to die? We did. I think so. I, I think, think we're so. good. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> I mean, at the, end of, at the end of the day, everyone. You know what? I hope, I really hope Gendry dies. Oh my God. Why? why? How dare you? Here's why. Because His rippling in this, in this in this next expedition episode. Next in episode. this next episode, I hope he dies, and here's why: because one of the things that made Game of Thrones Game of Thrones was that if you did stupid shit, you died. And mm-hmm. this, how right is he here, doing stupid shit? And uh, he he's going north of the wall to yeah, go this capture is John's idea. I get that. It doesn't matter whose idea it was. You do stupid shit and you gonna die. But the reason, the main reason I don't think Gendry is one of the ones that will die is because they just brought him back. They just brought him back and yeah. he's that Baratheon. And I think that but, there's a bigger, there's a bigger. If, wait, hang on here. The, my, my, what I'm saying here is that pure Game of Thrones, the things that I love about Game of Thrones would not give a shit that he just came back, would not give a shit that he's been gone for multiple seasons, would not give a shit that he's the last Baratheon. That's true. They did the Nymeria they, thing. They would, they would slice his throat Right then and there, he would. That'd be the last we ever saw of him. That's what season one Game of Thrones. That's what George R. R. Martin, when he's doing a good job, would do. Yeah. Well, George R. R. Martin has nothing to do with this season. If they do that, can they at least take his shirt off one last time? Hopefully, I mean, we'll get we'll get zombie Gendry with his shirt off or something like that. Hell yeah. So that's 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 my. I don't think I'm not putting that down because I don't think that'll happen. But I I I would almost prefer it did. So I disagree. What if? Ooh, not quite what they're saying here, but. What if one of these members of the expedition dies and they bring him get back? turned and that's what they bring back? Yeah, like the like mm. Plague Bowl type thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you can't not Secret. believe us. This is the dead hound. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That could be I don't know. I don't think I don't think Gendry dies because I think that we're 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 to see more of John and Gendry in a in a Ned and Robert right, esque right. uh, conquering know. something together. I just really I need agree. them to finally tell us what all the symbols are. And what it will, but what if it's symbolism? And what if what if John and Gendry have to kill a Each Targaryen. <laughs> mm. Mm. John and John and John what if Daenerys have to goes kill off John? the rails? No, they have to kill because John Daenerys. is a Targaryen. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's all I got. All right. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, thanks for hanging around. What did we hit? What's the time? We're at three hours total. <laughs> oh God, I've got to go home, people. Yep. Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, thank you to everyone that was watching live. Um, Thanks so much to my little cousin for tuning in. That tickles me. That's that's awesome. Uh, thank you, Al, for letting me do this again. Thank you, Dan. And uh, thank you, Sarah, for joining us. It's always a pleasure. I didn't talk about any Egypt. You didn't talk about no. any Egypt. Th- thank you to Elijah, our technical director. Uh, and thank you to our technical director, Elijah, who doesn't watch Game of Thrones and sits here and suffers through this with us because he's awesome. He was um, texting or saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's going to do it for us. So until next time. Bye.